Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Plug in. Thank you for your time, Mr. Spectre. We plan to make it entirely worth your while. It's pitch time. Let's make this happen, Cole. As you know, Deus Ex is a one-of-a-kind game, and the world is clamoring to know what you're going to do next. So get this. We propose that you take that Deus Ex design ethos and apply it to other classic games. Picture this. Tetris. Gary, go. It's just like regular Tetris, but instead of waiting for that 1x4 block, you can use your points to upgrade your hacking skills to literally crack the ROM code and bend the pieces to your will. Or you could use those points to gain skill in Russian and then persuade Alexei Pajitnov to redesign the game for you. Hmm? No? Okay. Plenty more rabbits in the hat. Hit him, Gary. All right. What's the one thing that everyone wants to know about Pac-Man? Boom. What's going on when he travels through those magic tunnels at the left and right? We propose a modern, gritty imagining of what happens when Pac-Man is in those side areas. London, Bangkok, Boise. Each board is attached to a hub city teeming with life and hidden answers. And it's up to you to find those answers yourself. Get this. So, so you go into the hub city in Boise. You pay a hooker ghost to sleep with Inky when he's off duty. Then you find out that Inky is going to change his strategy and always go left instead of going right. It's a secret dimension of intrigue where your choices matter. Nothing? All right, well, well don't, don't kick us out just yet, uh, uh, Mr. Spectre. We've got one more for you, and we think it's going to wow you. Everyone agrees that Mario would be a great game if only it had a more substantial plot. And we know how much you love conspiracy theories, so we've decided to dig into that backstory of Mario and bring the already apparent conspiracies to the forefront. An ineffective puppet monarchy, lizard men riding chemtrails around throughout the sky and raining down spiky death for no clear purpose, a hollow earth. The game climaxes when Mario takes his place at the hub of all the sewage pipes, becoming a physical god who controls all transportation and then also waste disposable in the Mushroom Kingdom. Good job, boys. What's that? You you, you love it? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, Mr. Spectre. We'll we'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah, that's uh, that's how I think he'll do it. I think yeah, and that's how I think he talks. Awesome, great. Uh, yeah, great rehearsal. Uh, let's just hope that he's desperate enough after uh, after Epic Mickey. Well, he should be. Um, we should probably get uh, recording the show. Uh, I'm sorry, which show? Uh, the the show we do. Like, uh, you're not gonna make me say it, right? Yeah. Otherwise, the sketch won't end. Gary, come on. <clears throat> All right. Watch out for fireballs. <laughs> Thank you.
My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week, we are continuing our discussion of Deus Ex, the first-person computer role-playing game developed by Ionstorm for the PC in 2000. Now, uh, previously, we defected from UNACO after finding out that it was a front for a global conspiracy called Majestic 12. And this episode covers everything from Hong Kong up through the end of the game. If you haven't heard the previous episode, we're going to spoil everything. Yes. So, uh... Just, uh, you know, play Deus Ex and or listen to the first episode of the podcast and preferably do both. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we would like you to play this game because it is a win. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it is a, is a unimaginably wonderful game. <laughs> yeah. And even though I think that the what cracks it has uh, really, you know, if, if, they're, if they exist, I think they're kind of in the second half. Yeah. Um, it, is, uh, it is still well worth your time. Yeah. Um, Cole, why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot of the second half of this game? Yes, yes. So uh, J.C. Denton, uh, you play as him. He is a nano-augmented agent who has only 24 hours to live. Uh, his previous employers have uh, flipped his kill switch, and he has to find a man named Tracer Tong, who is the only one who can shut it off. Yep. And it's pretty clear who the enemy is now. Uh, Majestic 12 is using NATCO and the United Nations as a puppet front, and they're distributing the Grey Death nanovirus and the vaccine to cure it. Uh, Majestic 12 is also meddling with governments across the world, and they are funded and armed by the First Life Corporation, which is headed by Bob Page. Yes. Villain voice Bob Page. <laughs> Who voices him? Uh, a villain. A villain. <laughs> <laughs> I get it's not. I looked it up. It's not somebody. A villain. Who I, knew. I thought I was going to yeah. say like Tony J. What? It's, yeah, it's surprisingly <laughs> it's, not Tony J. Surprising. Um, he's yeah. voiced by not Tony J. Yes. Uh, Much so, like myself. Yeah. Um. um yeah, so you travel uh, to Hong Kong, Paris, and a slew of military bases. Just so many fucking it's bases. bases all the way down. <laughs> God damn, all your bases belong to this game. Yeah. Unfortunate. Oh man. Uh, so mm. as you're going through these bases, Gen- uh, J.C. Denton uh, eventually ends up working with the Illuminati to reverse engineer a cure for the Gray Death, uh, which will undermine Majestic 12's control over the world. And with his ace in the hole taken away, uh, Bob Page goes all to Plan C and is going to merge with the AI that runs the world in order to become a physical god. Uh, JC has to, has to head to Area 51 to stop him, um, but his allies all have different agendas for what should happen with Area 51 itself. So yeah, um, the ending is really interesting. Um, in the end, you can side with the Illuminati um, and pick up where Majestic 12 left off, recreating uh, a 20th century uh, kind of system of capitalism. Boo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or you can side with Tracer Tong and destroy Area 51, shutting down global communications and hitting reset on uh, global civilization. Or you can take Bob Page's place and merge with the AI in order to run the world as a benevolent dictator. It should be noted two things about the ending. Um, one is originally there was an ending where you join with Bob Page and, and just kind of become his lieutenant. Right. So there was originally an evil ending. And two, the uh, canonical ending is uh, canonical. Canon- canonical. <laughs> Are you in Fargo? Ending. Yeah, canonical. I got to disagree with your Uh, pronunciation work there, Gary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The canonical ending is uh, the Tracer Tong ending um, with little bits of the uh, the Illuminati Illuminati ending. Yeah, yeah. And that leads into uh, into Deus Ex 2, the Invisible War. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. As as civilization has rebuilt. Is that is that that missing ending? Is that related to the uh, the 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 missing allegiance that you can do where you stay where you stay with uh, Majestic 12 slash Unaco? That that's a really reasonable conjecture. I don't. I haven't read anything that directly supports that. Yeah, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um. I've I've, yeah. I've listened to dummied out um like uh 
discussions where mm-hmm. that, that that is like what JC's doing. So, yeah, um, where you stay with that, where you talk to Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, I one of the things and we'll talk about when we get to the ending. I'm really glad they didn't go with that because none of these endings are good endings. Right. So having an explicit evil ending would set those up as contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, it set up like an uneasy contrast. Like the fact that there's three choices that are not, um, you know, in any way black and white yeah. is really strong. Um, I, I love the endings of this game. Me too. Um, so we're going to go through these areas. Um, we covered a lot of the generalities. We're going to um, – some of the pace will have to be picked up because as we mentioned before, there are a lot of just like <laughs> military-based goo yeah. going on <laughs> in this in this area. And it kind of drives me a little bit nuts. Like I you know, kind of powered through the rest of this in primarily one sitting mm-hmm. and just uh, they do kind of blend together. So forgive yeah. me for that. I did over the that. course of like two, three days. Um, and yeah. even though I took meticulous notes, I had to go back and like, think like, okay, so why am I in a sub base? Yeah. Why? Yeah, exactly. Like there's just a little bit in, in a way I kind of like it because there's a lot of, you know, none of it is bad. Like none of the actual level design part is bad, mm-hmm. but the, they start doling out the cool story shit. It gets a little just like level based, a little too mission to mission yeah. type structure. Um, the play is always good. Like I'm always interested in, in what you're doing and you always have the kind of options and stuff, but the, uh, I get a little bored narratively. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the most throwaway areas is this first one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The, uh, the, the MJ 12 kind of mystery compound here. Yeah. Which serves no purpose. I think it's just their barracks, but but it also has a helipad. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. For the, uh, and it just, it's supposed to, I think it's the idea narratively is just that this, um, Shows how much control MJ-12 has over Hong Kong. Yeah. Like that they they literally like just kind of tractor beam you in. Yeah. And it also you know, shows like how much control they have over just any machinery or computer stuff. Because the thing yeah. that's keeping you out is they have like literally just locked down your weapon system. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just kind of a little micro dungeon. Yeah. Um, you know, full of uh, some troopers, some bots, um, you know, some treasure. As, as usual. And the big thing is you have to unlock the, uh, your weapons locks. So you can blow through the blast doors right. and get out. Yeah. And there, there, there are some interesting things about this. So first is if you are somebody who's invested points in environment training, you can actually, uh, just kill everybody in the, uh, in the base with, by, by, by entering one code that you find. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go into the vents and you just, uh, override the, uh, the gas lock because they, <laughs> because as the notes say, they found the, like the, the lowest bidder to do their, to do their contract work. Which mm-hmm. is which is an amazing you know hypercapitalist kind of note. Just yeah. like oh, just like oh, well, the wrong code will kill everybody by causing yep. the, the waste to back up. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It also feeds into my general uh, assumption about life is that all buildings are just adjacent to enough deadly gas to kill everyone in the building. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, it just uh, it it seems it seems pretty reasonable that like yeah. they're like or you know I'm being sarcastic like it's we a little bit weird that there's like a, just a way to. Uh, you know, it makes sense that their safety measures are inadequate, mm-hmm. but the fact that this military barracks also serves a function that can coexist with this unlimited deadly gas <laughs> kind of thing is a little bit silly. But it is a real fun way to uh, to murder a lot of uh, soldiers with families. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> which, which, like that, that, that gets to this other point. So, you know, in the previous episode, I made uh, I, I made a point of saying, like, yeah, you know, I, I was I was trying to be a stealth pragmatist, which was. I want to kill as few people as possible because you're up against the NSF and they're mm-hmm. the, 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 like, there, there's enough justification. Even, even before you know the turn, there's enough justification justification to think like, okay, these are like political idealists, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to kill them. Like they show you families and shit. 
And they talked yeah. about how they're poorly trained and how they're recruited from the downtrodden. It's like, I don't want to kill these guys Pers yep. you know, partially because of Paul. Right. However, with the MJ 12, I feel no such compunction. No, no. And, they, <laughs> and they do some humanizing of these guys every once in a while. Like you'll walk up behind them and they'll be having a conversation. Yeah. You know, they'll do a little bit of that, but uh, you know, and especially the, with the narrative I have where I'm just, I'm fine murdering like this playthrough. I was real killy. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely gone through and not killed anybody except for, the people who have to die, the explicitly evil people. Right. Um, but not this time. Yeah. And I also, this is the point in the game where like my skill set, my voc equipment, vocabulary and augmentation uh, kind of variety was the point that I, the playing the game, I wanted to it uh, this way, playing it the way I wanted to as a shooter um, totally worked. Like I went through and killed these guys as a, as a shooter. Mm -hmm. I machine gunned these guys in the head and, and yeah. it totally was, was fine. It feels like uh, a golden eye level. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a, that's a that's great. There's actually um <laughs> but I think the sub base kind of seems like that too. Yeah. Um there's a couple of like levels that seem like golden eye levels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I only say that because you can actually just like sneak up on somebody in the bathroom by dropping through a vent. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. People yeah. are constantly in uh in bathrooms. I just got to the point uh the bathroom, the guy jumps out of the bathroom and uh Alan Wake. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of so. love that game. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I bought. See, I, I had this thing with Steam sales where they put games on sale that I I don't have a system that can run it, but it's kind of like mm -hmm. two bucks for all of Alan Wake. Awesome. Yeah, why wouldn't <laughs> I? I'd be stupid not to. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, it's also cool here because like you start you start finding newspapers and you are now public enemy number one, mm -hmm. uh, which yep. kind of reveals like just how much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, how much they, the, 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 everything is being run by the people that you're going up against. Terrifying amount of control they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also, uh, even if you're playing as a shooter too, this is one of the, not one of the first times, but you're, you're fighting mechs explicitly. Right. They really up the stakes on how deadly some of these enemies are going to run into are. Yeah. And, uh, and they kind of become more environmental hazards than enemies. Mm -hmm. Like these, these little, uh, two legged guys, um, you can't, uh, you know, you have to kind of take these out sneakily from a distance. Like even if you're going to fight them, you want to do it from like a vent or from a corner yeah. and take tons of cover because they can wear down your health really quick, even with, uh, with the ballistic shielding. Yeah. And just like, I, but that, that was one of my biggest problems with this latter half of the game was just how easy it is to die. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's very little, uh, margin for failure when, Hmm. When when the game gives you enough vocabulary to feel like you're able to get around it, and then it doesn't make a make an awful lot of difference, that's a little bit frustrating. I see. I didn't. I didn't quite have that. These enemies were consistently a problem for me. Mm -hmm. um, most of the other enemies in the game, I uh, was able to kind of get around. Yeah, and I, I never I never felt like I had a powerful enough weapon that had enough ammo to make it to to, to make to make these situations feel. Um, empowering almost mm -hmm. like I, I had specialized in rifles um, just because I'd been augmenting a, or uh, upgrading rather a, uh, <laughs> an assault rifle uh, to mm -hmm. be as powerful as possible. However, even at the, you know, at the most upgraded, it takes like, an entire clip to kill somebody. And, yeah. And then, you know, I mastered rifles and found, found out that uh, shotguns were technically rifles, but you know, those run out of ammo pretty quickly. So you're, you're almost always scrapping no matter how many points you put into something. And so I guess that's where a lot of my frustration came from, even, I, even as I tried and avoid fights. You're never going to be able to do um, use like conventional weapons against one of these things. Right, right. So like with 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 uh, 
when I played through as my stealth playthrough, and even in this one before all shit would break loose, mm-hmm. um, I would just do do with my rifle would do headshots yep. from like wherever I'm at and just try to clear the room a little bit. Um, it, and I guess uh, assault rifles are kind of famously underpowered in this game, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize at the time. And it looks like we both kind of made that choice for this playthrough. Um, and they are considered to be like the worst weapon in the in the game. Yeah. So they're considered to be pretty shitty. So it's a kind of a bad weapon to use. But I did. I definitely felt empowered when it came to regular troops and even the guys who are kind of wearing the augmented suits. Yeah, the commandos. The commando guys. Yeah, I had, I had no problem with those guys. Um, and even the larger mechs and kind of a... When we get to the uh, the game breaking melee weapon you get in the next chapter, <laughs> um, I fought those guys melee. Like you can circle strafe those guys if you do the speed enhancement, mm-hmm. and they they'll never get a shot off on you. Yeah. Um, but these things, these like little like smaller mechs, like it almost you almost have to avoid areas where these things are right. unless you have some grenades. Yeah. You know, EMP and, or lambs. Gr- gr- grenades um, ended up being kind of like my secret weapon in this. Um, mm-hmm. Just because they, they, they like you know regular regular enemies became somewhat tribu- trivial. However, scramble grenades were were, were the best thing in the world for yeah. me. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of not a fair uh, critique to say that like you know games always have enemies with weaknesses and strengths. Mm-hmm. So it's not really fair to gross about yeah, the, I, you know not being I, able to take on everything with an assault rifle. I, I I am not even saying that about these guys in particular. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like, like like it eventually became a problem, specifically for the commandos, just because they could take you out so quickly, especially if they were rocket trained or whatever, or yeah. or, or if there was a large enough like number of them. So yeah. I, I I I quickly learned that it was you know not fruitful to try and shoot these things dead, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but 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 still they complicated things in such a way that made me feel like uh, a lot of the vocabulary that I had wasn't wasn't good for much. Well, what makes me wonder, like, and I'm not specifically calling you out, but something I had to remind myself of, like, several times during the game is, like, when I ran into problems a lot of time is when I was playing not according to what I had been upgrading, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, if I was going to, you know, I was kind of spec to go toe-to-toe with these things, but when I would try to get through an area and it would take me four multi-tools to hack this vent <laughs> or whatever, right. um, you know, I was like, well, this is a big pain in the ass. Like, I'm running low on multi-tools. Like, oh, wait, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. You know, like, it gives you the freedom to play the way. So it's like calling it, you know, saying that you have the freedom to play whatever way you want for every situation isn't quite true because you do kind of create a path mm-hmm. for yourself and give yourself an approach. Yeah. So, like, if you're having if you can't stand up to, you know, the rocket train soldiers, like one of the augmentations you get fairly soon is that one that makes rockets blow up in the air. Right. Um, I don't know if you, if you took that one, cause the alternative, I end up liking a lot. Uh, yeah. A lot I, I took the alternative. Um, yeah. So it would be, so in that case, like that alternative lends itself to a certain kind of play. Like you mm-hmm. should be in sewers and vents instead of fighting those dudes. Right. You know? So no, I'm not trying to put like all the blame back on you. I think that what happens is it, you, if you imagine like a root system mm-hmm. of a tree, you're getting further and as you progress in the game, you're getting further and further away from all options, mm-hmm. you know, as you become more specialized. Yeah. So like, uh, it just kind of becomes the, the, the sort of thing that in the beginning of the game, in any given situation, you can tackle it anyway, but you, as you start making choices, you get kind of calcified yeah. in how you should approach any given level. Yeah. And, and it could be that I went, that I, that I specialized in a way that I don't naturally tend to play. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 that is entirely, that, 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 that's entirely true. However, in any given situation, no matter how hard I looked, I couldn't find the, I couldn't, I couldn't find the solution that was optimal for the way that I had specced. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always, you can also, I mean, again, and I'm not trying to just, uh, 
be a, like a, a fedora lord no, apologist no, no, for like I, the I, game. But no, like, I, I just, the thing too is you, you can always sneak. Like I, you know, you can get through this whole game without people seeing you too. Mm-hmm. Like that's always a thing if you're if you're stealthing out. Yeah, like, like like there are times like on the streets of Paris where that is just not practical. Yeah, it's a well. Ah, man, I don't know. I had no problem with the street because there's only troops like really in that middle area. But you can go behind almost all the buildings mm-hmm. um, in in Paris, and the cops and and regular people are not hostile. No, I just think that you're you know an you know an obviously bad person for liking this flawed game. Well, I'll tell you the, the <laughs> area where I think you're more right. Like the thing that the area that's really hard to stealth through is, um, and we'll get to it, is the fucking uh, Templar Temple. Mm-hmm. Like I find that really hard to to sneak through. But I think it probably I don't feel like it happened all that often. Right. To me. You know, I don't know. Um, and then it also depends on which uh, invisibility augmentation you took as well. Yeah, that's true. So that ends up being, like, super useful for dashing between, like, it's one of those, you know, the too-good-to-use syndrome cannot apply here. Like, it's almost oh, like, a ro- like a roguelike where if you're not using all the tools that you're giving yourself, like, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you have to use items. You have to use those thermo camouflage. You have to use ballistic armors. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you sit down, you look at a situation, you think about what you have to solve it, and then you have to use those things. Yeah. Um, and the game gives you plenty. There's a bounty of stuff in the game, you know. Like I, you get a lot of items right. for 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 a lot of things. Like maybe not exactly the right item you you want, but there's probably a tool right. which you're trying to apply. Mm-hmm. Anywho, anyway, so that's the mystery and, building. Did we did we figure out what it was called? Even I forget. Um, I think no. I, I think it's just like an MJ12 like airbase. <laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think they give it a, a name. I think it just literally says like mis- like unknown location. Right. You land unknown location uh, hong kong china <laughs> yeah and then well, and then you well then you end up like you go down to uh to hong kong right um uh, which is a, this is a real cool area in the game yeah like and, and at this point like it's you know as the game goes on like these non-combat focused areas like i really kind of uh glom onto yeah um so the the big uh conflict here you're going to try to find uh tracer tong and similar to new york you're just kind of set down in this area and you have to kind of investigate figure out like you have a vague idea where the compound might be um but you need to kind of learn the story and the big uh big thing that's going on is there's a a war between two triads the red arrow and the the ruminous path Um, (laughs) so many bad accents like offensively bad accents the chinese language has the letter l so (laughs) what's up andy rooney or mickey Rooney, or whatever (laughs) yeah it is it is it is crazy uh and it's, it's it's infamous for that yeah um some of the french ones are great too yeah like Something, something about how they decided to do accents in this game. Uh, just not very. Uh, everybody who's a, who's an accent other than than standard um, <laughs> yeah, did st- not come out very standard. well. Standard. The ruminous path. The ruminous path. Yep. Yeah, that's. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like this area, like mostly because it tricks me into thinking that we stuff we don't even do. know that it's 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 the it could be the lead lead aloe is actually the <laughs> the lead aloe. Yeah, we don't even know. It could be it could be the ruminous path versus the lead aloe. <laughs> something something Reiki. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Reiki is their favorite character on the uh, the next generation. Yeah, he's my favorite character. Yeah. Oh man, that is that 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 is just too much. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but yeah, no, like the, the, this is one of the more interesting like bits of like political intrigue. It feels mm-hmm. almost like a different game here because you're dealing with the triad and there are different rules here. So there are like acoustic uh, gunfire sensors. So there's no, uh, uh, no, no, you know, you can't have guns on the streets of Hong Kong, uh, which mm-hmm. makes more sense than New York. Uh, yep. But continuing, 
Um, and just kind of like both of these sides think that uh, they're like the other is being manipulated by, you know, Majestic 12, UNACO, whatever they perceive as this globalizing force. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's kind of this uh, there's an arms race going on. Yeah. Um, because there's a, a sword called the Dragon's Tooth that it uses like a nano blade, which is straight out of Shadowrun. Right. Like the, the monofilament whip or monofilament blade mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's just this, this world changing weapon. But there's also a whole lot of vague Eastern honor stuff going on as well with it, you know? Um, and, uh, they're, they're trying to get a hold of it. Um, yeah. 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 And, and they'll do everything from, you know, assassinating each other's leaders to finding restaurants that side with one or the other, and then just dropping rats in there for the next health inspection. Yep. Or like that little kid with the, um, yeah. who's, who's the little protection racket, what's, what's, like who walks really slow and is really, you know, I do a good job. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, he's like a little Chinese Tomas. Yeah, is is raw. Yeah, um, yeah. Deep, deep cut Breaking Bad reference. <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 yep. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, it, it, it's real interesting. That like uh, I was I was saying a little bit earlier, it, it tricks you into thinking there's more stuff to do here than there is, just because of just how colorful the area is. And by colorful, I am trying to uh, you know not refer to the, the ethnicity. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> there, there's I mean there's a lot to do, but it's like so much of it is optional. Like there's a lot of there's like several bars. Like did you find that weird like hidden dive bar down by the the water? No. Actually yes, I did, but I didn't find the bar part. I found the kitchen of the bar. Yeah, there's there's a bar there um called like uh, Old China Hand. Yep. Um there's a lot of that stuff and it all plays in. So like, you know, people there will tell you, you know, door codes and and stuff about Maggie Chow yep. and and everything. Um but the uh it's it's kind of it's a little bit different than it's less quest based than it is in New York. Mm-hmm. Like there's less kind of like you go somewhere and there's a conflict there. It kind of like it's more feeds into the greater story of this uh, triad war. Right. Like if you go to Canal Street, there uh, the, you you see the warring triad uh, go after each other with swords, which feels like a crazy you know stereotype kind of thing. But then you realize, all oh, right, gun sensors, so they yeah, have to use. Yeah, swords. exactly. Oh, that's yep. why the dragon's tooth is important. Fuck. Yep. 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 yep, yep. <laughs> um, so it's 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 pretty cool, like the way it sets up this conflict. It is very um, compartmentalized mm-hmm. to to kind of the rest of the story, yeah. um, which makes me want like a you know yearly like episodes of Deus Ex. Oh yeah. Game that's just like one of these these hub areas because I like France a whole lot too. Mm-hmm. Like when we get there, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Like like Deus Ex Brazil, like you're in a favela. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, <laughs> Spectre, get on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I'll feel like an idiot if that's you know if that's an invisible war. Um, oh n- no. no, okay, or human revolution. No, no, okay. I, no, I, yeah, I do not. Not to not that I recall. Okay. Um, so you know, you're on your tongue and you're telling him like, hey, I got this kill switch going on, and he wants you to find uh, proof that Maggie Chow has stolen the dragon's tooth. No, it's the it's uh, what's his name Tim or something who's standing outside who says like you can't get the oh, tongue. Oh yeah, until... Gordon Gordon Chen. Gordon Quick. Gordon, Gordon, yeah, Gordon Quick. Yeah, yeah. Gordon Quick. Yep, Gordon right. Lightfoot. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> nope. That's a dumb. Uh, <laughs> that 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 was the dumbest thing. Yeah. yeah no, both he... named Gordon. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the extent of the joke gary uh no but he says like yep you're gonna die but however you have to serve our uh you have yep. to serve you have to us first. yourself yeah you have to you have to serve this video game trope yes um so you know he he sends you out and you can find information on maggie chow in a variety of places right um including the uh the lucky money which is the uh uh, uh like a bar 
nearby. And then is that it was Lucky Money? The, yeah, Lucky Money is the name of the nightclub mm-hmm. where the uh, head of the uh, the Red Arrow. Yeah, yeah, it's like their front. It's like the restaurant yeah. from Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And the, those weird like Australian ladies who want in. <laughs> yeah, I love that little subplot. Yep. Just yep. like I, I put it as our Facebook feed right here, but when you pay to get in, and the lady who says, uh, um, like, uh, I, I order you to stand in the middle of the dance floor and growl like a dog who disobeys his master, yeah, or something like that. Like it's great. <laughs> Which is like, they're obviously trying to make her look like like you know the the naughty librarian, you know, yeah. domineering kind of type. But because of their, uh, but because of their texture, you know, the, the way the, te- the face texture is working on Real Engine, she looks like a burn victim who's hitting on you. I, I don't know about you, man. I, I popped <laughs> during this. I had, had, had ten thousand bones. Like it was, <laughs> it was insane. She, she, <laughs> she knew exactly what I wanted to hear. But she makes yeah. it sound like a bondage club. But you walk in there, it's just kind of like people, people dancing on the yep. floor, drinking some, drinking some booze, kind and of then like that, a standard uh, nightclub. <laughs> Amazing uh, Australian bartender, where you have that, <laughs> yeah. that philosophy, you know, philosophy. I love that you're, conversation you're, with him. You're talking with Isaac about uh, about the benefits of democracy. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, thank, you, know, <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, his, his dialogue is really amazing, and his delivery is really bad. Yeah. He's a, a pretty rough voice actor. Yeah. Um, but it is, I, I do like that you just kind of go down these little side roads mm-hmm. with yeah. him. <laughs> the content is, is really interesting. It is. It, it, it definitely is. That like a lot of a lot of cool stuff happens in the clubs. But like mm-hmm. you, you know, to, like talk like throwing money at these girls. You know, like mm-hmm. try trying to play. You know, J, you know, JC Denton, who we have established is on the spectrum um, yeah. as this kind of like ladies' man club goer, which is kind of like <laughs> just like yeah. I need a drink, and then I cut her off because of like I'm just going to keep throwing twenty credits at this forever and ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's an ultimate end to that, or if it's just a bottomless hole from which all many, you know, from which no money can escape. Much like regular women, am I right, Gary? Elbow, elbow, <laughs> like men's rights. Yes, like men's um, rights. No, no, but uh, but that that's interesting because that's just like one of many ways to get in there. I also like that you uh, that that you're charged extra for your leather shoes, mm-hmm. um, and um, the way that JC Denton says, "Sure, yeah." <laughs> yeah. There's some really good uh, J.C. Denton lines coming up yeah. as well. And and I had to go in and take a look. Did you know that J.C. Denton's voice actor is the same as Paul's voice actor? No. Yep. I had no idea. That's interesting. Which which make, it makes no sense because Paul is a good – like his performance is good. Well, what it is, is is Paul is that voice actor – being an actor and JC Denton is him doing a voice. It's him being a video game character. Yeah, yeah. it's it, yeah, it's him trying too hard. So that's why it sounds so stiff and yeah. and robotic and weird. The, the the justification that I read, like just on message boards and stuff doing you know, doing uh, uh research on this was that they wanted to make JC Denton kind of come across like dirty hairy. Mm. Um but yeah, that didn't really work out that well. Nope. Nope. Even though like there are a couple I mentioned it last time, a couple of real badass moments. Yeah, um, right, where it kind of works, like especially, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we have the second uh, use of a kill phrase in this one, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, his his, yeah. name, his name is J. Anthony Frank. Okay, yeah. Hey, J. Anthony Frank. <laughs> We're big fans of yeah. Paul. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm probably a bigger fan of JC Denton. Yeah, probably. Some true. of these deliveries are fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so you get the information on Maggie and you find out where she lives and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, multiple ways to do that. You can find out um, one way to figure this out and figure out that she had stolen that is to break into the police HQ. Right. And uh, I don't know if you did that um, and I get their, their notes on her. later when she told me to do it. Oh, <laughs> shit. I forgot. Yeah, she tells you. To, I, I got 
because this time around, I, so tell me what how you handled the Maggie Chow situation. And because this time, I mean, there's really nothing to what I did. I went to the roof and assassinated her through the skylight <laughs> and set up a trap for all the guards that would come out and they blew themselves up. And it was awesome. Um, I was just like, nope, she's guilty. I, I want to play your game. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's awesome. You could it was it was great. Like I sniped her, and then I sniped her. Then her like maid came running out shooting me, and I sniped her. And then uh, the guards came to the you know the entrance to the roof that I used and tripped the gas grenade and walked around uh, you know shooting them in the head slowly while they slowly. were choking on gas. <laughs> and that's how I took care of Maggie Chow. Yeah, um, the Maggie there's a lot Chow there's a lot of interesting stuff in there though. Like tell me how what you did with Maggie Chow. Yeah, yeah. So so I went there first um, after I found out where she where she lived. I forget where I found out where she lived. I, th- I think that just like even going to uh, the, the the Lucky Money was not even strictly necessary. I just wanted to do it because I was exploring. Because exploring is really fun in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and and so so I got there, and you know you're you're talking with her, and she, you know, like just insinuates that she and Paul were uh, intimate at some point, which may or may not have been a lie. Um, and well, I mean, p- probably likely because she's a manipulator. Yeah, um, much like women, am I right? Elbow, elbow. Men's right. Men's right. Yeah, fedora lords. I honestly yes. don't believe that. However, um, right. I, I will never turn down an easy. Watch joke. out for, for for fedoras. Watch out for fedoras. It fits. Um, yeah. But uh, but no. So 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 I went there and she said, "You need to go to the police department because you'll find information about um, uh, about why I am not guilty of what these triads say I'm guilty of." Um, and I, I I think that her motivation probably would have been. Um, just to get me out of the picture by sending me into the police, um, mm-hmm. you know, thinking I wouldn't survive a raid on a police uh, on, a, on a on a you know a police base, um, on a police closet, a police closet. Yes, yeah. Uh, you, you know, architecture is weird in in other yeah. places. Not every place can be like a thousand square foot. You know, Amer- it's it's yeah. America, Gary. We have lots of space. That's um, true. Yeah, that's true. They're micro. They're micro houses or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. They're sleeping in yeah. drawers. Yeah, um, by which I, I mean sleep dance. in a drawer. Yeah. <laughs> What's that from? Uh, Simpsons. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it's Kearney's son. <laughs> oh man, I love Kurt Kearney. Mm-hmm. What is he like? Thirty-five. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you, you but you go into the storeroom and you find uh, a couple of data pads uh, that say that she had um, assassinated or was believed to have killed the previous leader of the Red Arrow um, in order to instigate uh, some of the uh, some of the conflict that the Hong Kong police were trying to take care of. Um, I, knowing that I kind of went back and I thought like, Hey, there was this abandoned floor that this junkie dissuaded me from using to get into her apartment because of the guards. Um, and then I found out that she had, um, all of this, uh, you know, MJ 12 lab stuff behind, uh, where Mm -hmm. she normally lived. Uh, which when you're walking around her apartment, you can kind of hear the lasers and stuff. And I believe yep, one... you can hear computer stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so I killed some of the guards and went up there uh, again, feeling, feeling no, uh, uh, n- no pain in my conscience about killing uh, uniformed MJ 12 guards. And uh, I-, I found the link to Simon's, which is like, okay, cool. Um, yep. You are definitely a person that I don't want around. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, so yep. Took the sword, uh, which ended up changing the way I played the game entirely. Yeah, that that sword is one hundred percent like a game breaking weapon. Yeah, like that sword. The sword is amazing, it and is it ended up changing the way I played it as well. Like I, I went from playing. I still did a lot of shooting, mm-hmm. but uh, that sword was mainly you know my go to. Yeah, because it's so powerful. Yeah, it is. It is both a uh, weapon and a key. Uh, yep. which which really made it just like my default equip also a like light. all swords yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and, and a light it's only it made it it made it seem like to me almost as if you weren't supposed to be able to keep it 
Like it would yeah. have been a choice. Like you could have given it back to the triads and got a story reward, mm-hmm. or could have kept it and had like a story penalty. Yeah. and got this really powerful weapon. But that, that's really how I felt you get, as well. That's what I thought. That's what it seemed like it was. But really, you get to keep it, and mm-hmm. it's just fucking incredible. Right. Um. You know, it kills just about everybody in one hit. Like yeah. one hit to the head with not very much training. Like I had one point in uh, simple weapons. <laughs> And uh, I ended up pumping it throughout the game because I was like, oh, shit, I remember how awesome this thing is. Yeah. I'm going to use it. Yeah, that, so. that, 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 that was my crutch. It was my go-to throughout the, uh, through, throughout the entire game. Um, and I used it to kill a maid because she pulled a gun on me. Yep. Um, <laughs> as you do. As you do. Um, and then I escaped through the roof and found Jock's apartment. <laughs> I couldn't – I found Jock's apartment before, but I couldn't find it this time. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember how to get there. That's a cool – I like that detail. Yeah. That's a really cool little non-essential bit. Because you're never quite sure who Jock's working for, but this confirms that he's working for Daedalus. Yeah. Or at least at the direction of Daedalus. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, uh, but but yeah, I, uh, like Maggie didn't die in her apartment. She died later. Oh. Well, you know, but you killed the maid without killing Maggie? Uh, yeah, she came. She, she came and wrecked my shit. Maggie wasn't huh. around. Huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I roof shot her, as I said, <laughs> um, and then and then got out. Um, when you get back, so the the uh, you you bring back the sword. That's enough evidence. Like you're bringing it back to the lucky money, and there's an MJ12 raid. Yeah, on it. So somebody, you know, in your game, Maggie probably told told them. In my game, you know, some guard didn't report. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of those areas where there are two. You know, you have allies, which doesn't happen that often in this game. Mm, right. Like it's you and a team versus a team of guys. Mm-hmm. I would come in, and this is the first time you run into those commandos, those like half augmented, you know, kind of kind of wearing like a they're wearing combat power, armor. They're wearing power armor. Yeah, but like weird, long armed, like kind of goofy looking power armor, like vague, vaguely crustacean power armor. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but uh, but I, I like this scene. Like I initially um, just like okay, let's go get them. Even though I wasn't spec for straight combat, died a couple times. Like oh wait, if I hang back, these tries are just gonna kill these dudes. Mm-hmm. I just like waited waited until the sound died out. Yep. <laughs> um, so being able to do that, um, you know, this gets you into the lumin- uh, the luminous path compound, and uh, you kind you know you're you're doing some story stuff now. There's like a fun little bit where like the um, the the triads are gonna go have a drink. Yeah. You can go join them, and it's totally story-based. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to do it. But the big thing is that you get to uh, meet Tracer Tong, who uh, is a, a like pretty staunch ally yeah. in the game. He's a, he's a solid bro. Not only does he mm-hmm. save your life, but he provides a lot of guidance for you as you go forward. Like he's the person who you know cracks the code that this is, a, this is an Illuminati thing or the Illuminati could possibly help. It's cool how he finds it, too, because when he's looking – he does it when he's deactivating your kill switch and then mm-hmm. like looks through – the coding and finds like numerology, numerological. He he finds clues. that he finds that when you uh, when you send back the schematic for the virus itself. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this this is this is all like a little bit of a mess, and the entire plot for the second half of the game is kind of like a you know kind of like folded in a weird intestinal kind of way, to where it does get it gets a little bit confusing about what happens before what. But mm-hmm. uh, but but the the point remains. Tracer Tong, um, up until he tells you to end modern civilization, is uh, is, is like unabashedly like a good dude. Even then, like that's an arguably yes, n- you know, not not a terrible ending. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not wrong. Like he's just he's the the freedom, you know, anti technology pro freedom. I'm tipping my hand. <laughs> yeah, pro pro human. Yes, um, pro human contingent. Um, you also you find uh, this is where uh, uh, Alex is here. Yes. 
with yes. you. And so, you know, your, your allies are kind of following you is, um, you had Jaime come with you. Is Jaime here? Yes. Jaime is here. Um, he's, okay. he's in the medical bay and he yeah, brings for, you, he brings you an augmentation upgrade. Yep. For me, he is not. Cause I chose to have him do the other, other thing. What happens if you leave him at you now? Um, I, I will tell you when we get to France, ah. that's when he reappears. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the big story beat here, though, is that uh, it's confirmed that Gray Death is actually nanotechnology. Yep. 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 So and, cool. And, put it together. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the previous episode, I, I, had, I had theorized that it was um, nanotechnology. However, the the other angle of that didn't pan out because I believe that that was um, getting nano machines into people so they could ultimately be controlled. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. like, I, I'm not sure if that would have been a good thing or a bad thing for the story, but yeah, yeah, yeah. close though. Um, so he wants you to go to uh, Verse Life um, and get this uh, schematic for the uh, the thing. And you end up actually going to Verse Life twice. Yeah. yeah. You went through a, a front way and a back way. Mm-hmm. There's also a little side thing you can do where they talk about like a Verse Life employee that was killed in a tunnel collapse. Yeah. Did you do that? No, I did not. You can go swimming through a tunnel filled by filled with these like Karakins things and you can get a uh, augmentation upgrade mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. But mostly, we'll just kind of handle the, the two ways of going into diverse life, um, both of which are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one you can actually kind of sneak in, and it's uh, you know it only becomes combat when you you know when you choose to make it so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you go in the front door, and uh, it's it's neat because you're in the offices as kind of you know the banality of evil, right? Because mm-hmm. there are secretaries and there are like data entry dudes who. If you talk to them enough, they'll you know just admit like, "Yep, I'm being paid to for- to falsify documents, so I don't really care if you pay me to do something else." Um, and then that gets you uh, access to the inner sanctum. That guy, I don't know if what happened to make this different. I didn't pay him. He wanted me to kill his boss. Yeah, you know what? That's what it was. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, which I I did, and then uh, threw his boss's corpse onto his desk, which was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, again, just the, the wonder tool that is the dragon's tooth, uh, it also gets rid of corpses. What? So if you if you slash a corpse two or three times, they explode and then they're gone. <laughs> as if as if Gibbs just you know raining a hallway like the scene from Metal Gear Solid. Is I not think it works proof. though. I think I think that they don't uh, they don't notice it then. They don't register because I had to kill um, some innocent guy on the way to kill the boss. I can't remember which it was. That one guy who's hanging out in that waiting room. Yeah, I had to murder him, um, <laughs> and then I I gibbed him. And then when the boss guy walked by, he didn't uh, freak out about yeah. all the blood and body parts on the <laughs> yeah. wall. Well, everybody's excited to see, you know, Barry Gibb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than your Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's mildly better. Cole. Mildly better. I'm working on it. Give me, give, yeah. me like, give me like three or four more musician references, and I think they'll, I think they'll get there. Three or four more episodes. Three or four. A couple more years. A couple more years. <laughs> oh, man. Hope springs eternal, Gary. Um <laughs> no. Yeah, but uh, but this but this is real neat. Um, it was surprisingly bloodless. Um, I forget is the first when when you go in the front way is that when you see uh, where the first uh, where, where the opening cutscene takes place? No, that's it. That's in the inner sanctum. Mm, okay, like down down below. That's when you go in through the labs in the right. back yeah. um, back way. And the back way, you know, you also can make that pretty bloodless as well. Yeah. Um, but you can pretty much get through Verse Life. Well, the first time when you go to the uh, the Universal Constructor constructor thing, mm-hmm. when you upload the schematics, it sets off an alarm. Right. So if you're going to go bloodless at that point, you have to sneak. Right. Um, but the uh, the back way in, when you go in, it's pretty much an entirely different dungeon. Yeah. Like, it, it's the same location, but you're going in. It's this area you couldn't get in the first time. Yeah, you have uh, to go through the, uh, the Canal Street. 
Yeah. And that's how you, that's when you see the, where the opening cutscene took place, which is a nice little callback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you get to find all kinds of fucking crazy shit that's going on in verse life, such as them, <laughs> uh, dissecting aliens, right? Uh, this is the first time you find an alien on a, on a slab. I didn't see the alien on the slab. There's an alien on a slab. <laughs> um, so, so that explains my surprise when I saw aliens at Area 51. Yeah, yeah, there, there are, uh, and and God, do I love how they treat aliens in this game because yeah. there's no, it's it's really ambiguous. Like we don't know, and one of the characters says it later, and I'll just say it now while we're on the topic of aliens. But he says something like, he's like, I you know I don't know that that's an alien. Like it looks like one, but they could have just bred a monkey to not have fur on it. You know, that could just mm-hmm. be. And then he and he says like. You know, and that thing might be super intelligent, but it spent its entire life in a cage. It's never learned anything. Right. You know, that's such an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. Like taking like an advanced race and then just raising it outside of knowledge mm-hmm. so that it becomes reduced to this just kind of like beast kind of thing. Super cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, like and aliens get stupid in uh, Invisible War. Do they? Like, the, yeah, they're in, I mean, they don't really show up until the end, um, but they I don't like the way that they treat them. Yeah, in, in that game. But in this game, it's really cool. And also, like when I first saw it, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, uh, huh? This is this is some real like they're really touching all the conspiracy bases. Like, this is some real like X Files stuff. Yeah, you know, which is like a noted influence on this game. Like, that's a real you know uh, a purposeful illusion. Yeah, the, the 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 I forget if I read this in a in a document in the game or if it was when I did my post research, but. Uh, um, I think that the best theory that I read about that was that they were manufactured much like the the Greasels or the Krakens or whatever they were. Um, mm-hmm. That they were manufactured at Area 51 in order to um, sensationalize it, so that people think like, "Oh, Area 51, that's the alien place, right?" And like, keep them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to be like, okay, that's that's obviously the craziest shit that could happen in a place, not realizing that the computer that controls the world is housed there. Yeah, right? yeah. Transgenics. Yes, is that is the word they use for all these animals mm-hmm. that they they've got? Yeah. Oh, which are only three. Like it's not a very big part <laughs> of the game, but right. But they become like especially in the sub base, they become a, they become a factor. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you're 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 in Versa Life. Um, the Universal co- uh, Constructor again, another conspiracy theory. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're there. You're destroying like one piece of God. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, you're getting uh, like for for me, what ended up being like the last pieces of my augmentation, uh, you know, the, like the regular stuff uh, that I would that I would end up using. You just find like four augmentation canners, most of which you don't already have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of which you do. Like the game does that thing where uh, it, similar to the the summons in Final Fantasy VIII. Right. Where like if you don't get them the first opportunity, they show up later. Which is just a kindness that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I appreciate it. So you end up at this point, you have all 12 and you're just upgrading. Right. You know, um, one of the mods you have will allow you if you find the same augmentation again, you can use it to upgrade. Oh, really? That augmentation is one of the mods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you end up like I end up always having to like Tetris out my inventory to make room for this thing. and I'd pick it up and I'd be like, oh, environmental resistance mm-hmm. and then just, you know, drop it. Yeah. And be disappointed. What? Um, so now that we have all of our augmentations, like what were the what did you end up going with? Yeah, so um, I, I ended up going kind of like mostly with defensive kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I probably couldn't have gone through the game without the uh, without ballistics protection and um, regeneration. Like regeneration is almost a game. Regeneration breaker. is so good. Yeah, regeneration basically turns your your BE into uh, into health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, especially so I fully upgraded that and ballistics uh, protection as quickly as possible, just so uh, you know I could survive my many mistakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um i ended up uh you know I, I i foolishly took run silent 
um, yep. as opposed to, uh, you know, the, 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 the speed increase, which that's too bad, but. You know, bad it ended up being fine. I mean, you still got through the game. Like, yeah. there's no, none of those things are going to break the game for you. Yeah. The, the the thing that was really good about those was like once I found out that you could uh, survive any fall when you had a leg aug going, mm-hmm. um, that made that made it more of a utility uh, kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really liked the vision mods. Uh, yeah. The, the, those those were super useful. Not the targeting one, but the one that lets you see through walls. Yeah. And the targeting one is cool, but yeah. uh, that's that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's useful. Because um, your accuracy, you be if you haven't been modding the exact same weapon, if you have a wider variety of weapons, mm-hmm. there's a limited number of accuracy mods in the game, um, and the the augmentation actually does it a lot better than than the mods do. Oh, cool! So it, do, it does make you like much more accurate if you can control your recoil if you're not using a machine gun. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the vision mod for seeing uh, ultimately eventually seeing through shit mm-hmm. um, is really cool. One neat thing they do in Invisible War is eventually you get a gun that uh, shoots like some kind of energy that actually uh, is harmful to living things, but not passes through inanimate objects. Oh yeah. So you can combine it with that mod and actually shoot through walls. It's like that gun in perfect dark. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is, which is real neat, but yeah, that mod rocks. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, also, also it... the heart and lung mod, uh, which just mm-hmm. powers up other mods briefly. was really useful. I ended up using the, uh, the cuts down on energy use one for the heart. Oh yeah. Um, as opposed to that, yeah, because I I realized I was only using a couple different mods, and uh, one of them I ended up using a lot for just getting into good positions to stage assaults was the invisible to humans, yeah, mod, which is a huge energy hog. Mm-hmm. So I'd always throw on my power recirculator mm-hmm. um, on that one, and then uh, the spy drone, which is really interesting, um, which I used the shit out of the first time I played through the game, mm-hmm. um, and there's some interesting ways to kind of break different areas with that if you upgrade it. Um, because it, uh, it includes this EMP attack that kind of suicides and it takes up a lot of energy, but, but you can get to an area, send out spy drones and kill everyone in it without leaving a vent. If you have enough, you know, bioelectric energy right. to do so. Um, I didn't end up using it that much this time because I was more of a full, you know, frontal assault type of guy, mm-hmm. but on my sneaky playthrough, that was, that was key. I used the, the shit out of that spy drone. Yeah. I took the spy drone because it seemed like added utility. However, um, I probably should have taken the uh, the rocket. Yeah, if you're having a hard time with rockets, like that that thing's yeah. really good too. If you upgrade that, then rockets blow up as soon as someone shoots them. Yeah, and anyone who's using explosives will pretty much die against you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's my bad. Yeah, no, it's I mean it's not bad. Like you still got you know, like I said, none of those decisions actually murder you um, or make the game unwinnable or unplayable. Really, right? Um, yeah, no. but but like it, it it definitely changes the game. Which, yeah. you know, because it's a major system, it obviously should. However, um, yeah, it, it, it is a satisfying way to change the way that you go through it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so you, so you do these kind of tasks in Versa Life and you're, you're heading back to New York and, uh, you're back to Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> the system, the, the area they cannot stop reusing. Gary, what's happening in Narsh? Yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> and kind of the only time this happens you know, because you never go back to Hong Kong. And then the next, like, several areas are very, like, a wide variety. You just go to different places. Mm-hmm. But you had to do one more uh, trip back to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. yeah, but, and, it's, and it's changed. Like, you, you know, they, yeah. they, they do appreciably change it. However, the way they change it is to just take stuff away from it. Yeah. Stuff has been burned down and destroyed. Yeah. And you have less uh, mobility because there's a greater police force mm-hmm. or an issue on site. What I think they're trying to do here is show life on the streets in different locations under the rule of this right. area. So you get to see, you know, what's going on with uh, uh, Hong Kong. You know, we've seen New York previously. Now we're seeing New York again. So it's an advancement. 
like this is a motivating factor for you to to continue the quest because things are getting worse and more draconian and people are less happy. Yeah. But really, your only purpose here is to go to the bar and then find out uh, how to get to the naval yard because um, you found out before. You know, it's like when you're when you're in Versa Life, you get the uh, uh, you find out what the nature of the of, of the Great Death is, and then you find out that they have uh, sent a gigantic apocalyptic stockpile of the Great Death to New York um, mm-hmm. in the super tanker uh, enough to infect all of North America. Yeah, this this chapter definitely could have been hit or uh, struck. Yep. Um, you're meeting Stanton Dowd, which is the other thing you're supposed to be doing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but this definitely could have been chopped. Same thing with the uh, mystery MJ-12 yeah. thing. And then probably one of these major dungeons coming up, the, and I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about which ones are expendable. We'll, we'll probably yeah. rank them because most of them are a degree of expendable. <laughs> De- degree of. like It would be too short if there weren't any of them, right. I think. But just uh, they don't need all of them. Like I said. Um, so you're going to the this naval yard and, uh, and tanker mm-hmm. next. And your mission is to blow up uh, five different welds in the tanker, mm-hmm. and then you reverse the bilge pumps to, to sink it. Right. So. Which I don't know how dumping this into the ocean will not, you know, infect everybody. But it become fish fish problem. <laughs> fish Atlantis. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something in Invisible War where just like all of these nano machines that you've that you've wasted in this game like start wreaking havoc on everybody? There's a like a nano bomb. Mm-hmm. That sets off the plot in Invisible War, mm-hmm. which like just melts everything into a gray goo um, <laughs> using mano, nano machines. Right. Um, but I don't remember very much of the plot right. of, of Invisible War. So, um, so yeah. the, uh, when I initially played Deus Ex, probably in like 2001 or 2002, uh, this was the mission that got me to stop. Mm-hmm. And my opinion hasn't changed. It was a chore to get through this. Yeah, it's I, it's not, it's pretty frustrating. I really hate it. It's so bad. Like the naval yard, it's it's a little bit too big, but you know that's kind of a specious uh, kind of thing to say about an area. Like, oh, it's too big. Um, I I actually like the naval yard. Yeah, like because you yeah I like it because it's it's full of those bots and like it's not easy but definitely doable to go in and reprogram them oh, yeah. and have them kind of wreak havoc I suppose on people. True, yeah. So like I just like that as kind of a big chaosy set piece. Like this area is actually short if you're. Not being really methodical about it. Yeah, and I was being like methodical. Get, yeah, and get to so you get to the top of this kind of like seawall, and uh, you know through a vent, and then get down to the tankers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, which I, the tanker I do not like. No, I'm I'm with you on that. Like I think this this sucks. So you're given a map that has X's in various areas. However, the X's are not descriptive enough to be strictly useful. Um, And you have to go through uh, these very death trappy kind of areas, especially the power room or the uh, the helicopter um, uh, Mm -hmm. pad for some reason. And uh, and 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 just kind of like place a lamb on these various areas. I just it just was a, a chore like like this game doesn't excel at hide and seek. It's too big. Yeah. So is is my big problem with it? Like you already went through the top of the the uh, tanker where it's all the sailors and and you know there's a steering room and a brig and all that stuff. I'm like okay that's cool, and then there's further, you know like this whole underground area that is just huge like endless like way bigger than a ship. Yeah. It is like it is it is you know uh, a ship that is built to scale with a small state. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I like above decks. 
Like yeah. like when you're in the captain's area and you're reading the email from the from his daughter, which continues the the the, the trend of awesome text in this game. But once yeah. you get below decks, it's just entirely un- unnecessary. Well, and there's almost no story advancement that happens down here. Yeah, like it's all just kind of play, and everything looks samey, so it's hard to like differentiate these things. It feels it's like something kind of. It feels like uh, Dark Forces. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I this is and my biggest problem with it. Like, I, I don't like it in general, but my biggest problem with it is it's too long. Yeah. Like uh, none of the individual things I was doing added very much. Mm-hmm. And the biggest factor that subtracted for me was how huge it was mm-hmm. and how long it was. Yeah. Um, so this, this is probably my least favorite level in the game. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, I, I do not like this very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can find some things to like about most areas later in the game, except for the catacombs. Um, but yeah, catacombs uh, aren't, aren't that fun either. Yeah, Even yeah. though they are way short again, like it's something where yeah, like, if yeah. you're not, they're way shorter than I thought they were. This is, like th- this is an inexcusable cross section of, or, or, or uh, intersection of, uh, of too long and on, un- and uninteresting. Yeah. And I'm disappointed that like it, you quit last time. I'm glad you powered through this time because mm-hmm. after here, there's like a kind of a nice, like oh, the yeah. next story beats and stuff are great. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like we do, we do some cool stuff after that. So we, mm-hmm. we sink the tanker and just the less said about that, the better. Yeah. There um, is a Willy Wonka wind tunnel though. Yeah. Which surprised <laughs> the shit out of me. I forgot that that was a thing. I just walked in. I'm like, what? Like, am I, is this broken? Charlie Belch. <laughs> Dizzy. Burp. Burp. <laughs> burp. Burp. Sure. <laughs> a burp. Um, JC, a burp. A burp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh next so after we sink the tunnel or sink it then the uh the leader of the illuminati agrees to to meet you right um, the uh it's so it's not because i thought you already yeah it's stanton dowd you're going back to him again and he's going to you know, so it's not the leader of the illuminati stanton dowd is going to tell you how to get in touch with everett right the uh, leader of the illuminati and he lives in a graveyard <laughs> he's for some keeper. fucking reason <laughs> he, yeah he's he really keeps some crips yeah down here he he, um, he keeps some he, he keeps some uh crips full of pop uh mm-hmm, he's got yeah. some snacks in there some soy i food. love that that's yeah. exactly what i would do like i um <laughs> is just like use this as storage space i don't know if i've ever told you um but i like one of my apartment living situations i had in my dysfunctional childhood was splitting an upstairs apartment with my stepsister that was okay. like enjoined to where I lived. And my room was the living room and the kitchen okay. was where my bed and stuff was. So I had all these kitchen cabinets and shelves. I just put books in. <laughs> so like, it looked like a kitchen, but then you would open it up and instead of finding glasses and stuff, it was just books and toys and stuff. <laughs> That's um, pretty cool. It was very I mean, similar it's, it's... to uh Stan Dowd. Yeah. Huh. There, there's nothing cool about it in the macro view. Well, yeah, yeah. But at an I individual mean, level, it's kind of fun. Like, but the, but there's like a lot of stuff. Like when you're a little kid, you think uh, you, you think, you know, a lot of a lot of awful things are cool. Yeah. 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 Um. So this is I love this because uh, you meet with the uh, the guy who is his caretaker, who lets you in, mm-hmm. and he's acting a little bit funny. Yeah. And he's got behind a hidden wall. He's got this electronic device. Did you find that? I didn't find it until Jock told me to. Yeah. Yep. Um, I knew that that was there and he was acting a little funny. So I just killed him. And then when you talk to Dowd, like Dowd says, says something like, who let you in? And uh, you say, oh, it was your groundskeeper. And he's like, really? There's not supposed to be anybody here this weekend. He's like, ah, I took care of it. <laughs> and he's like, you killed him? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, he's like, be careful. Or he's like, good. You're getting properly paranoid, but be careful. Paranoia is a drug. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. Every time you do something like that, 
people in the Illuminati laud you for it. Yeah. And it's hilarious. <laughs> like to them, it just totally makes sense for you just to kill people who might be a threat. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and it's funny because if you do it the other way, it's just kind of like, oh, man, that doesn't seem right. But it, like he is perfectly right to be paranoid. Which oh, absolutely. completely yeah. vindicates that worldview or just uh, not vindicates, you know, like uh, justifies. Uh, yeah, justifies. There we go. Yeah. 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 And it happens multiple times in the in the game, too. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's just they, they have agents everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're allowed to do stuff like that, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, eventually, um, you know, as you're getting ready, he tells you to um, contact Nicolette Declare. Yes. Um, and uh, her mom was involved in the Illuminati and she is in Paris. Mm -hmm. And uh if you happen to, he's also dying from the gray death. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to find like a little tiny, tiny vial of ambrosia, right. um, you can save his life, which has no story consequences. None, but it makes you feel cool for having picked yep. up some ambrosia, which yeah. like for some reason I had, it was on the ship. It was like, oh, that's a, that, that, that is a wonderful little story beat. It's kind of like uh, if you picked up Zyme from the, uh, from, from that junkie apartment earlier, mm -hmm. um, you yep. would be able to get through some of the subways easier. You'd be able to get real fucking high. Well, you get high as shit, although your um, nanomachines make it so you metabolize it fast. So Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Um, he tells you that this was a quest, like a, a side quest kind of thing, too. He tells mm -hmm. you he's dying, and you say you'll you'll be on the lookout. But it's nice that you can get it. Yeah. And then MJ-12 converge on the cemetery in like a really hectic – like a, this played out for me the way I think it's supposed to, mm -hmm. which is you running to the chopper under gunfire – you know, and I was thinking of this in terms of like cinematics, mm -hmm. right? Like just like trying to escape as fast as you can while uh, you're being shot at rather than trying to take all these guys out. Right. And then I did it the exact opposite way, which was uh, just in, a, in poking around as opposed to going back out the front door, quote unquote front door. Mm -hmm. um, I found a, an alternate pathway that went through a couple of tunnels and I found some I found some items. And then I came up in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the of the cemetery mm -hmm. Um and they didn't quite see me. So I was able to take, take out like three or four. Of the oh, that's guys awesome too. Before. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to like, wait a minute. I'm just going to go poke around. Oh, wait, we're surrounded. They're here. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, and they were all watching the entrance yep. that they thought you would come from. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that uh, yeah. I felt, I felt pretty proud of that. This game rewards yeah. exploration in so many subtle ways. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And even in like, even in kind of like a micro narrative way, mm -hmm. you know, that way where it just kind of makes a, a, a situation a little bit cooler. Right. You know, um, again, very cinematic. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so you're heading for uh, Paris at this point. Yeah. Um, which is the uh, you're not quite to the metro area of Paris, which is what I really, you know, end up liking the, the most. Right. Um, this is the area where you're on the building and you go down into the catacombs and sewers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You're like in a walled off um, kind of section of town where there are some MJ-12 people just kind of milling around. There's a there's a metro station that you can go down into. But. Um, you would mm -hmm. think if I'm trying to get to a catacomb, I need to get as low as possible, but no, that mm -hmm. is not the way in. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. There's a guy who will sell you some overpriced stuff, but merchants are useless in this game. Um, yeah. so that really ends up not being uh, much of anything. Usually, if there's anything they have that you want, you should just buy it Yeah, because like money is useless in this game, not mm -hmm. merchants. Like yeah. I would buy, I buy lambs and I buy gas grenades Yeah, when I see them and weapons mods, mm -hmm. you know, if I can afford them. Yeah. Um, but like you run into this guy later in the game who's selling you a crossbow bolt. It's like, eh, you know, <laughs> right. Or, or a crossbow rather. Right. Like, no, I've, I've put down more of these than you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, one thing, that should, the, the, one thing or, that should be noted kind of like about the plot here, Daedalus is like explicitly directing you down these, down these paths. Yeah. Like saying yeah, like, so, find Nicolette Declare, find, you know, it's so, so, and so. And then mm -hmm. it's you asking these people who actually have concrete information in order to get there. Yep. 
Um, this is the, the crazy cat lady who lives in the building. I like that touch. Did you interact with her at all and do anything with her? No, no, I didn't do that. There's a, there's a homeless lady who takes care of cats mm-hmm. in the area, and she's really she tells you a way to get down here into the catacombs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to go through this area that is uh, uh, walled off with um, like radiation, like a toxic area. Mm-hmm. And she's bemoaning like two of her cats died from getting uh, – getting too close to it and she she makes fun of the codes in the game she's like the code the co- i can't remember what the code is but she's like the code is two two three they should have made it harder anybody <laughs> can open that like it's you know and like my cat like poor poor francois and uh jeanette died because of that and it's like super sad <laughs> yeah cat side um whenever since i was a real asshole in this game whenever i came across homeless people i destroyed their beds with the dragon tooth sword <laughs> When, when I was in, when I was in the mansion, I was like, whenever whenever uh, um, Nicolette would comment about how priceless some of the furniture was, yeah. I would break into the planks. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Then she would say, "That's not funny." Yeah. What what furniture? <laughs> I th- I'm sure I've told you this story before. Um, one of my uh, my friends when I was growing up, we were all like drunken idiots in our early twenties, and uh, we had a friend named Clint. He went to this. Uh, this uh, party at these people's house. He didn't know them very well. And uh, every once in a while they would, they would, they would go, they would say this thing called Ramshack, which would be, they would just <laughs> like do terrible shack. things. Yeah. Not, not a wacky shack, Ramshack. <laughs> they would do terrible things to whatever apartment they're in just because they were drunken <laughs> and, and, you know, wanted to watch the world burn. And uh, Clint took a, a bottle of talcum powder and just kind of threw it everywhere. So there's this big cloud of like, talcum mist coming out of the hallway <laughs> okay and and he walked out of it and these two people were the house, apartment was like what the fuck like what'd you do you know they're real furious because he just spilled this thing and he's just like ha ha because that's the way he was and then uh they were like you're gonna have to clean or he's like i'm okay well i'm gonna clean that up and then he reached into their closet grabbed their broom broke it over his knee and said you ain't cleaning shit <laughs> which is one of my favorite things that's ever happened like I was inconsolable. Like when I think about that story, it makes me inconsolable. Like how hilarious that is. And that's exactly what we did to Nicolette Declare. Like what was that? Yeah. Bam! You <laughs> it's so good. It's so horrible. But like you know, it's just uh, I don't know. Now in retrospect, now that like there's really no harm done, you know. Like God, do I love that fucking story. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Crack. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah. That, like, so so there's so much in Paris that I could oh, yeah. I could have gone around and said you ain't cleaning shit, but I didn't see so much of it. Like just uh hmm. Well, we're not we're not quite there. We're not to Paris proper yet. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, we're still we're still uh, but, like, but, down but, to... but even that, like with the crazy cat lady. I, I didn't see the crazy yeah. cat lady. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um you get down to the catacombs, and it's a it's like a a, a mix between a graveyard and a sewer level, <laughs> like the two the two twin jewels of video game level design. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a you know it's a catacomb, even though it looks like a sewer. You know it's a catacomb because there are skulls and femurs. Um, yeah, the, no other bones are allowed. Yeah, it's all based economy. Ancient ancient Parisians they had they had an utter disdain for both ribs and tibias. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just they just smashed the ground them up to make their stews. Yes. Um, ogres, they are, um, this area is like, you know, it's, it's interesting in that, like, it's a real place and this is probably what the real Paris catacombs look like, Mm -hmm. but from a level design standpoint, everything is way too Mm samey to really work. Like everything looks really bland and you get turned around really easily because the walls all look the same. Right. 
And I liked using the map in this, like most of the maps, which are just images that you access from the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked how the how the non-functional map added to the sense of disorientation. You know, like, you, can I point out something real quick? And I don't know if you notice it. But, it's a non-functional map, but did you know that you can make notes on it? Holy shit, really? Yep. I can, had no can, idea. You can create markers and write your own notes. That's on the map. Fucking awesome. That probably would have solved a lot of like our problems with this, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize until way late in the game. Yeah. So, so when I say like non-functional, I just mean it doesn't show you where you are on it. Yeah. So, but even if you could write down something that makes sense to you, like mm-hmm. you know, slightly different pile of skulls <laughs> at a certain intersection, like it, that would do a lot towards letting you <laughs> kind of orient yourself. Yeah. Some people carry around a journal which says like, oh, I had this whiskey on this day and here's how I felt about it. Or like, oh, this cigar was was real good and I'll, I'll, I'll you take a piece of scotch tape and put the band around, you know, like put the band mm-hmm. in here. This is making note about piles of skulls that you yeah, see. This specific pile of skulls. <laughs> yes. Um, you're down here to find Silhouette, which yeah. if you remember, um, when you were on the top of that communications tower in New York, you mm-hmm. sent a message to these guys. Right. And you read about them too on some of like the like the uh, the primers on the public uh, terminals, mm-hmm. just like saying you know like you know lay, laying out and like I love the concept of silhouette. In fact, I'd like to see an entire game about them because they're almost entirely mischief based. Yeah, like talking about how they just go around and like cut cops' ties off and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it just yep. it's it's like a Project Mayhem level uh, um, information terrorism almost uh, kind of kind of thing that like it's real cool. But like in practice, they're not that at all. They're just la resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the thing, too, is, like you get the impression that like the reason why even though they don't it doesn't show up that often, the reason why they're kind of mischief based is because um, as you find out when you get to the next Paris area is that Paris operates or MJ-12 operates in the open. Right. In Paris, like it's just a police state run by this, you know, this other organization, mm-hmm. and uh, you get the impression kind of that they would be shut down if they were more active. Right. So they're kind of a neutered force, mm-hmm. you know. Like there's not there's not much to these these specific freedom fighters. Right. Um, we do a little side quest um, in order to uh, uh, you have to rescue some of their people from another area. Like the Silhouette has their areas in the catacombs, and then MJ12 has a second area like forty feet away. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is a weird space thing um, here. And uh, it just kind of ruins, you know, that area. And you escape into the sewers to get out. And that's how you get to Paris Metro, right? Mm-hmm. After you escape the prison. Like, it's yeah. it's not a very fun area. No. Um, you know, it's, uh, again, like, this could probably be cut or just made into, like, a hub area with non-combat. Like, not given this a mission. Right. But uh, I'm way into Paris as a, as a metro area. Um, like the, uh, and I noticed, I see this, um, in your notes that like you died as soon as you poked your head out of the sewer. Yeah. Most likely there's a, there's a slightly different entrance, like a couple of feet away that has yet to unlock, but yeah. deposits you in a much more, an area with better cover. Both of them left me, uh, dying unless I made a beeline for, uh, for, for a house. The second one I ended up doing okay with, like, and I did make a beeline, like I, you know, and that's what I, you know, I do. Anyway, to like try to get undercover to like even if I'm in a fight, I'm on a stage an assault. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing, that you, um, you know, the first time I did it, I went through, um, I saved my game. I went through the main way and I just went through invisible mm-hmm. um, and and got there. And then the second time I was like, I wonder what that other exit was. And I took that one and that one was much more safe. Right. I think it would have been good to have like a, a strictly like 100% safe, like a, a sewer entrance behind the mm-hmm. restaurant or behind the hotel. Right. Um, because this is this is aggressive right out of the gate yeah and 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 i like the mix of enemies in this area 
um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, you're warned by whoever's the voice in your ear at this point that, um, you know, you can, you know, explore and do everything however you want to not run afoul of the of the Paris police because they are uh, initially non-aggressive. Yeah, whereas until MJ- you start breaking into things. Yeah, yeah. Where, whereas the MJ-12 people obviously are going to uh, go after you immediately. So you have to do this weird kind of puzzle. It's, it's almost like Hitman, right? Where, mm-hmm. where like certain people will be will be aggressive, you know, depending on what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. And uh, there's this area is really rich with with detail. Like there are a lot of different um, like side quests and side areas mm-hmm. going on. Like you can um, you run into a guy and they say like you look shady. You should talk to the uh, or no. There's a guy in the back who mistakes you mm-hmm. for uh, a thief because somebody in the, in the bar is is has hired a thief mm-hmm. and you can go and kind of like snake that guy's job uh-huh. and say like yeah I'm the thief you ordered and he gives you a job to break into the bakery and steal zyme because the baker is hiding zyme in their ovens okay at night um and they have like super intense security systems like way more than a bakery should have mm-hmm. so like earlier when you walk by you hear the like the you know the electronic hum of like you know of security systems yeah and you're like that's weird that's just a bakery something's going on there and then as you continue you find out like oh wait the baker is like a drug dealer mm-hmm. and that's why and like tons of like neat optional content like that um there's an arms dealer who lives in an apartment mm-hmm. um here where you can break into his place and uh and steal his stuff and if you break into their neighbors, which are just regular citizens, they'll say, oh, God, you know, you probably meant to break into the guy next door. <laughs> like, that, his you house. know what? This happens all the time. Don't worry. Uh, here's a pamphlet on how to get yeah. into his house. Yeah, we have to move. <laughs> like, people are constantly breaking. It's like that happens in The Simpsons where people are uh, the people who are always knock on Ned's door <laughs> yeah. um, trying to get a hold of Homer. It's the same thing. Um, and then uh, this is also where um, in the little cafe um, you run into and you get like a real sense of like the citizenry, too. Like the person who runs the cafe is talking about how much he hates MJ-12. Like they're they're under a police state and they hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where uh, Jaime Reyes meets you. Oh, really? Yep. And uh, he managed to escape. Like it was a little bit dicey, but he gives you uh, Gunther Herman's kill phrase. Oh, wow. Here. And that's what you get for not – so you lose the augmentation canister, but you get to beat that boss fight. Without fighting. Yeah. Huh. Um, we miss talking about Icarus. Uh, I forget when does he, he make himself apparent because he's really a big factor in the mansion. Yeah, that's when that's when he's taunting you and stuff. But he, you have it in the notes that when you first get to Paris, I think that's when he does it. When you're just walking along and he's like, "I have now infiltrated your systems." Yes, your systems were very dot 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 compliant. Yeah, yeah, yep. and it's and real he's got a freaky, super spooky voice. Yeah, yep, and and his avatar is like an eye with spikes coming out of it. Yep, yeah, yep, looks a little yeah. Icarus rules. Yes, Icarus yeah. is really yes. adds some nice texture to these to to, yeah. to these latter areas. Yeah. Um, the, uh, there's a, there's an area in this uh, Paris Metro place too where you um, are breaking into an apartment just to kind of do it, and he even like he says like examine your motivations for breaking the breaking the laws <laughs> of this this area like the uh, you know think about what you're doing right. you know like you don't have faith in in the system if you're constantly you know uh, flying in the face of it. Mm-hmm. And stuff like really cool, like kind of acting as a conscious and this other perspective right. that's uh, malevolent, but also, you know, not wrong. Right. Some of the time. Mm-hmm. So my favorite story beat here was the uh, like the parents in the cafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Where, where the dad is kind of like disowning his son because he started working for MJ 12. Yeah. And it's just kind of like ice cold, just saying, like, I don't care if he dies because he, he sold us out for a salary. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you, you get such a good picture of like, like the life on the ground. Mm hmm under this. I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, 
ultimately what you're trying to do other than not die, because there's kind of the, the central so area. Hostile. Well, the, the, the central stretches, but you can get into most of these areas from behind. Mm-hmm. Like just do a lot of back doors yeah. in this area if you, and, and be real careful when crossing the street. Yeah. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, right. in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. <laughs> Don't cross the street in the middle of the block. Um, and you'll, and you'll be okay. Um, the but the, the whole, the whole area, <laughs> um, the whole area in the, the middle is like an instant death zone. Yeah. You know, the, uh, and it, I ended up taking out everybody, but it was really hard mm-hmm. just because I wanted to fully explore it. Cause I like the area a lot. Right. So you get this idea of you're slinking around in a police state where like the resistance believes in you, mm-hmm. um, and, and agrees with you. But, uh, you know, it's, it's decidedly hostile. It's like South Figaro. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot like that, except like the stakes are way higher. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, everybody, like if you're, if you're asking around, Nicolette is kind of a known figure because her mom was, uh, you know, a prominent politician or a prominent figure. Um, and everybody is pointing you to this, uh, to this, uh, nightclub. I forget the name of it. Something. Like um, French. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not, uh, the, uh, Le Fant Terrible. Cause I think that's the, that's, <laughs> that's the name of the, the bakery. No, it's the name of the bakery or the, uh, the cafe. L'Enfant <laughs> Terrible is the name of the, uh, uh, the, the program to make liquid and solid snake and metal gear. No, I know, but it's also a really inappropriate name for a bakery <laughs> <laughs> or, or like a cafe. Like I won't disagree. Uh, it is inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the club is named something I can't remember as well. Right. And, uh, and you get in there and it's, it's a, you know, it's a standard, uh, Deus Ex club level kind of thing. You can sleep, sneak around the back offices. You can get some really interesting information from the, the citizens. Yeah. My, yeah. one of my favorite NPC in the game is here, which is the dancer who is dressed up like a nurse, but she's a novelist mm-hmm. and you keep paying her 20 bucks and she gives you like, um, side, side quest leads. And then she mm-hmm. eventually just tells you, uh, where Nicolette is, but, uh, just kind of like talking about like, yep, I'm just gathering ideas for my novel here. <laughs> yep, and then like, making you know she dances dressed up as a nurse for two days to pay for her to, rent for a month or whatever. Yeah, to pay to, like she she dances for two days to pay for the other five days of writing. Yeah, yeah, no, which is awesome. Just like, like what a, what a you know, yeah, goddamn it, games. <laughs> God damn do it. more of this. Yeah. Like, like uh, she's great. <laughs> like this, like this little inconsequential detail that just doesn't even say anything about the world, just about people. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Yep. Um. So uh, eventually you find Nicolette and it does that kind of trope where like she, she says she's a friend of Nicolette mm-hmm. you say the right things and she says she'll ask Nicolette to meet you and then it's actually her. Yeah. And uh, duh. And then you, <laughs> you get in a helicopter to go out to her childhood house to look for Illuminati clues. Right. And, uh, and Gunther runs up. I thought, so I, I, I reloaded uh, when I saw Gunther. I was like, wait a minute. Um, and then I just like waited around after it's like, okay, let's go. So let me, let me walk around a bit more just seeing if Gunther would come up because it's like, let's settle it here. German mm-hmm. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gunther becomes a real keystone cop at this point where he's like one step behind you. Yeah. Like, uh, I want to play Gunther's game. Like him <laughs> just ineffectually like interrogating people, like using all of his social skills yes. to try to, you know, no, now you will tell me where JC is. You know, he, he needs a school gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're heading off to a really awesome level. Yeah. In the game. This, uh, this, this feels like a, a more subdued version of the Oceanside hotel. Yeah. Yeah. With, with no like, apparent ghosts, but. Well, we are exploring a, you know, you're exploring, uh, where Nicolette lived with her. Um, and it's just kind of a big abandoned house. Um, and her, she kind of like reminisces about her days growing up and you get a lot of like 
you know, indirect clues about what kind of girl she is. Like she has a crossbow under her pillow. Mm-hmm. Or you know, she has lockpicks yeah. under her pillow. She has a crossbow hidden behind a painting. Right. Like she was, you know, kind of a bad girl. And uh, eventually, um, and the whole time Icarus is taunting you right. about this, including like there's a part where she says something like um, uh, Beth Duclair's body has been uh, frozen. That dissected and put in cryo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her body has been dissected and put in. It's like real. It's great. Yeah. Like, uh, again, Icarus continues to shine mm-hmm. um, as an antagonist in this game. Mm-hmm. Way cooler than Bob Page. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like Bob Page. Like, Bob Page is a real dick, but he's a little too cartoony. Yeah. Like, Icarus is, is a great antagonist. Um, and, and, th- and this continues continues our great trend. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna start calling these out about like corporate like you know biotech y- you know company running things like mm-hmm. Max Payne. You know uh, what yeah. was it the Valkyrie? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, yeah. But eventually, what you're trying to do in this mansion is find uh, the lab. Yeah, find like the eventually find the lab. And like there's a, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. It takes a little while to get there. There's lots of cool things you can do. There's little hints about like, you know, mom used to have me make dinner, but she always picked out the wine herself. Like she wouldn't allow anyone else into the wine cellar. Right. You know, and like just little like it's a fun little detective scene. Yeah. And then just like stories about just kind of like, yeah, I should have all these people over and they talk about how to run the world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Like uh, just super cool. Saying like she 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 resented the, you know, being out in the country, but they had to be there or else uh, their enemies would get them. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, apparently they still had really excellent internet um, in the country <laughs> because you eventually you can they have like a dedicated line you know they go down to this basement full of servers and security systems and stuff and they have a dedicated line to Everett mm-hmm. the uh, the Illuminati king yes and uh, you make contact with him but MJ MJ twelve uh, kind of finds you at that point you have to escape through a maze right no no he sent the I mean, he sends you through a uh, on a mission he wants the Illuminati gold mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> From from the night from the Knights Templar, like the uh, the MJ twelve, they've taken over the Knights Templar base, which used to be owned by the Illuminati, mm-hmm. and they left their gold there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is like this thing that would have been the plot of an entire other game, like Assassin's Creed, just becomes yeah. like a side quest yep. that isn't even like necessary to do. I don't think you're also well. And you're, well, you're also getting the other half of the cure, right? Like he needs a little bit more information on the virus to synthesize the cure. <laughs> Yeah, and then you end up, and this is another level. I think this is probably the hardest level in the game, at least for me. Oh, yeah? Like, I had a really hard time with uh, the cathedral. I, I find it really confusing layout-wise. Like, I get turned around here really easily. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. I find See, it really tough. I didn't because it was easy to isolate enemies. Like, once, hmm. once you got into the cathedral proper, um, it, it, it was, you know, you never ran into more than, like, one or two at a time. I guess what would happen more is I would get... Like, I get lost and go exploring and end up, like, thinking I was going into an area I've already been. Mm-hmm. And then walking in on guys that would kill me. Yeah. Would happen more than, than anything with us. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So so you're going here to get the last piece of the Grey Death Cure. And really, there's not an awful lot that happens here, except that Gunther starts, you know, taunting you directly. Um, yeah. Good, good music. Yes. In this area. True. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, you, you get to the, the, the you know, the... the 
compound, I guess, or the, or the lab where this information is being held uh, in a cathedral for some reason, and you send it out, and then uh, this is where Gunther comes and, uh, and, and, and fights you. Mm-hmm. Do, do you just get a dialogue option if you know his kill phrase? Yep. He he taunts you for a little while about uh, Agent Navarre and everything like that. And it's yeah. actually like an awesome thematic end to his character mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, he says something, something, you know, he's taunting you. He says he's, he's going to kill you. And you say something like, um, you know, go ahead and try. And his kill phrase is uh, the Putin machine, um, like a, a, a denizen of uh, Lilliput. Yeah. Like yeah. All over his travel. And uh, his last words, he goes, I'm not a machine, but he gets cut off and blows up halfway through. Holy shit. And it's just like really dark. Like that's his entire character arc. Like as much as he is a, a figure of fun mm-hmm. in the game, like his entire thing is him, you know, his struggle with like trying to remain relevant and hold on to his humanity and like the sake of, in the face of, you know, technology mm-hmm. and everything like that. And it's so, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, it's such a satisfying story beat. Like I'm not a machine. And then just and then blows just up. Yeah. Yep. Can't even get it out because it was true. The whole time. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like he's yeah. he's cut off from from speaking the you know, having that kind of uh, self declarative like yeah, you know, uh, either, identity. I, either denying it or asserting it. Yeah. Right? Yep. And it does, yeah, he has no power over it because because he's made these compromises mm-hmm. and everything. It's great. Yeah. Like it's awesome. Every God, do I love kill phrases? Like <laughs> I just want I want every I want Goombas to have kill phrases in Mario. It's <laughs> like. I just I, I goddamn love kill phrases. <laughs> so cool. He's got so, so like there the, there are many places in the game where you can slight Gunther, um, mm-hmm. and like he will like Psycho Mantis uh, bring them up. At least he did for me. Like he starts out by saying, "I will not, I will, I, I have not forgotten that you left me for dead on Liberty Island or something mm. like that." Um, and then you say, "Like what purpose is that?" And he's saying, "Oh, I just want you to know that I remembered." So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. but if, if you don't know his kill phrase, it ends up being kind of a, kind of a pretty standard fight. I think he has a flamer it has like a flame. Yeah. Thrower. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, but otherwise it's, it's just kind of normal. I whipped out the dragon's tooth and got around to the side of him and took him out and then backed away before he could blow up just like a different yeah. fights. <laughs> yep. 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 Dragon's tooth makes almost all the physical altercations in this game other than bots. Right. Pretty trivial. And those fucking spider bots, just because they're hard to hit. <sighs> yeah. And you end up walking over them on accident, bouncing <laughs> on them. Yep. <laughs> we'll, 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 talk, we'll talk plenty about those fucking things. Yeah, those things suck. Yeah. Um, so you beat the uh, cathedral, and then you get another uh, of my all-time favorite breather levels. Mm-hmm. And kind of the last one. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the last breather level, but it's a fucking doozy. Yeah. Um, because you're in Everett's Lair, who is the king of the Illuminati. And he has a lot of cool shit going on. Yes, he does. Um, I'm looking at the notes here. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, – talk to us about Morpheus. But did you – Morpheus, did you find Lucius? No, I did not find Lucius. Oh, I got to talk to you about Lucius. But talk talk to us about Morpheus first. Yeah. So, so Morpheus, um, he was the prototype for Echelon 4, uh, which people who listen to InfoWars will know is the computer that controls everything uh, run <laughs> by the UN. Um, and, uh, uh, they, they, they figured out that he was kind of a failure, but they repurposed him as like a diversion for guests. So mm-hmm. when you, like, when you walk up to him, he says like, here's your name, here is, you know, everything about you. And then just kind of like, oh, <laughs> but like when you talk to him, he is, uh, he's an exposition dump for the themes of the game, yeah. which he, he, he confronts JC by saying like, Hey, you're 23. He's 23. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you get augmented. Like, you suppose. look bad for your age. It's, it's like, it's like fucking solid snake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but then he starts like running through saying, you are not, 
um, you, you are not a natural human. You were, you were created, you were planned. And he says that humanity is a question that is answered by death. However, you like have a different answer to you. Yeah. And then yeah. like goes into, you are the answer to a different question. Yeah. Yeah. I think is the, the phrasing. And, and, and then he goes, he goes into like talking about how like, you know, what is it? Uh, God is the creation of a good government. And JC is skeptical saying like, Oh, you know, just like people will not worship a computer that is hooked up to some cameras. Um, mm -hmm. and then just kind of like going into these weird, you know, human futurist techno theological arguments that yeah. are almost entirely optional, but and completely revelatory of like some of the philosophy behind the game. I find it's weird that like, you know, every time the characters stood around and, and discussed the themes of this game, mm -hmm. which is which is categorically bad writing. Like if that's in a novel, you wouldn't do this. Right. But every time it happened, I was really into it. Right. Like it seems similar to the bartender discussion. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's less spiritual and more just like straight up political. Right. But like every time it happened, I found it like really captivating because it's you know really interesting ideas that I don't know very much about. Like I, I imagine like if you this was something if you were study this and we're better educated than I, some of this stuff would just seem really elementary to you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I'm not like, it's not like all this is new to me. Like, oh, what's a privacy? Like, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> what's a privacy? But I like, you know, it, it's, it was still fresh and novel to have these kind of things aired out mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Like there, 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 there's very little subtlety or tact to it. However, mm -hmm. it is, it, it is a rare enough idea in everyday life that it's kind of like, huh, and really in fucking video games. Yeah. Like if, if it's a rare idea in everyday life, mm -hmm. like how frequently does it, you know, come up in video games? Yeah. Like not very. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really disappointed you didn't find Lucius though. Um, he's the guy that you euthanize, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you look up stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Post research. He's, he's the original head of the Illuminati who's being kept in uh, like semi cryogenic state mm -hmm. as like a living like a, like an advisor slash living think tank. Right. Like, and who is being like, so you find it, you find this guy, he's in a secret room through the bathroom to find him. He's being kept on ice and he's just, he's so cold. Like he's being kept cold enough to survive, but he's still cognizant of it. Mm -hmm. And he still believes that he is the, who's, he still thinks he's running the show. Right. Like he thinks Everett is doing everything that he tells him to do. Right. And ever and that Everett is waiting for the technology to bring him back his body and like heal him. Mm -hmm. And when you confront Everett with this, Everett says, no, we've had the technology to bring him back for decades. And I'm just, I'm not going to do it. Like he's too useful to me this way. And it's <sighs> like, Whoa, you know, yeah, that's, that's some, yeah, like that, that's dark. And like Everett's not a good guy. Nope. You know, at this point he's an ally, but not a good guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that like that revelation, the discussions you have with Lucius are great. Like you don't, it's not as in depth as Morpheus, mm -hmm. but just that idea that like this real, you know, I have no mouth, I cannot scream. Like the third most frequent reference on this show. <laughs> um, One of the first two, uh, Mr. Show and the Simpsons. Okay. Um, the uh, no, I guess those aren't specific references, but <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's just it's it's awesome. And then you can at that point you can do different things. Like you can, uh, you know, tell, um, you know, you can kind of placate Lucius mm -hmm. or you can tell him like, no, Everett has no intention of, of bringing you back. Mm -hmm. And then he begs you to euthanize him. Right. And you do it and Everett gets mad at you. And none of this has a mechanical effect. It's just a really cool characterization. Well, well, both right. of these little side roads, they shed some light on the possible endings, right? Yeah. So Morpheus, 
uh, shed some light on Helios, and then you know Lucius sheds the shit out of some light on on uh, the Illuminati. Yeah, and makes it to me like I don't understand people who would sign with side with the Illuminati in this game. Neither do I. Like, yeah, and to me, and that's probably just because of my you know liberal hippie event. <laughs> event, um, you know, that seems like the clear villain. Mm-hmm. People who are bigger fans of capitalism than I um, <laughs> probably could see the appeal in it. Um, but yeah, this, and especially with this stuff and, and with this stuff going on with Lucius, like it's just, it's just chilling. It, so, so, so Lucius, like he's the guy who uh, orchestrated the JFK assassination, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah. I yep. just want to make sure I was thinking about the right thing. There's so many possible people who could have killed JFK here. Yeah. 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 But, uh, in, in fictional video game reality. Right. In real life. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's just no, it's this, this, this scratches a dangerous and terrible part of my psyche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have an academic interest in this. Yes, me stuff. too. I don't believe in any of this nonsense. Me too. Um, the, uh, uh <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> on your, so the, uh, uh, you need to have a universal constructor. You need to have access to that. Mm-hmm. And the one at Versa life is tanked. Right. Um, so you find out that there's one at uh Vandenberg military base. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all these people who have defected from page and, uh, and area 51. Yes. X 51, um, which is another conspiracy theory, actual thing. Yeah. Quote unquote, actual yep. thing. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> and right. then on your way out, there's a, a pretty infamous sequence where you, you, uh, you run into the guy who's been, you know, there's a guy who works there who's a helicopter tech. Yeah. I knew something was up, but I didn't know yep. what I could do about it. Yep. Um, there's lots of things you can do. Like you can go talk to Everett. Okay. With your with your suspicions, and he will tell you that it's probably no good. Um, I, in just searching around, found the, the body of the other tele- helicopter tech. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's hidden behind some crates. <laughs> um, and then I murdered this helicopter tech. Right. And, yeah. uh, but you, as you're getting on the the plane, you know, um, you warn Jock. You say, "Hey, you better check something. That guy was pretty shady." Mm-hmm. And uh, it does the infamous. Uh, you know, it's on the internet, and I'll put it in the show notes because it's great. The JC a bomb, a bomb uh, thing. Have you seen that? Yes. Yes. So good. God, is it good? A bomb, 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 a bomb. Um, so good. It's so good. Yeah, but uh, but I, I I didn't know what to do about it. I guess I just stopped paying attention because I was in a rush. I, I wasn't even in yeah. a rush. I was I felt like I was stewing in a lot of this. But just uh, maybe these were things I would have missed in a regular playthrough too. You should you should have stopped paying attention for the next rest of the game. Yeah, <laughs> I know, you right? My, my... You, you start you started not paying attention just a little too early. It's a little bit too early. I could yeah. <laughs> you can you can safely not care after this point. <laughs> So you're heading towards um, the West Coast, the the, the new West Coast um, yep. in terms of this game, um, in order to go to Vandenberg Air Force Base, uh, which I believe is somewhere in Nevada because it's it's relatively close to uh, um, 
too. What's a, what's the name of it? Uh, Area Fifty One, mm-hmm. and uh, you're, you're going there uh, because you need to use their universal constructor. So you have the cure. However, uh, it's kind of this arms race to generate enough cure to actually outdo Versa Life and what they uh, and what they can manufacture in terms of uh, other grade death. Um, and you go here and. <laughs> <laughs> there are all these flimsy motivations for you to just go around and explore this whole place and kill the bots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like, honestly, I barely remember Vandenberg. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I do. This is the area where there it's the laboratory that's on lockdown. Yes. So there are the bots. So you have to sneak in and uh, re- get the power turned on mm-hmm. two different areas to bring the security bots back to life to fight the battle for you. Um, the big takeaway plot wise is that um, you know the, there's this guy named Gary Savage who works there who's going to help you out and he has right. some complications of his own that that you know uh, continue to push it and we're going to kind of skim over these next couple of areas because the game should have skimmed over them yes because like fully two of them should probably not have been yeah this one in the missile um, silo yeah or the sub base in the missile silo yeah even though I guess the sub base like some cool stuff happens. Yeah, like like cool stuff happens in both. The sub base is really interesting because it's you know the the, the half life failed experiment kind of stuff. Yeah, like, like you're you're coming to it post catastrophe. Whereas the missile silo is really fun combat wise. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So there there is fun stuff in there. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, the sub base is really cool. All the transgenics that taken over and all the uh, the notes that uh, the turrets are not going to behave the way you expect. Right. Because they're all malfunctioning, and I actually like the gas station too. Yeah, I love the like gas res- station. Rescuing uh, Gary Savage's daughter, Tiffany. like it's a micro level again. Mm-hmm. Like I want one of these once a week. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, just this like tiny little set piece mm-hmm. to break in. This is also where if you fail the quest with um, the Rentons, Sandra Renton is here hanging out with some bums. Really? This is where she. Yep, this is where she ran out of money. She says she got in. She was hitchhiking. Somebody stood her up and dropped her off here, and she's hanging outside a barrel fire um, <laughs> with the guy the with, with the guy who gives you the uh, uh, the key to the sewer. Yep, <laughs> yep, and that's the the end of her quest line. Yeah, see, like, I, d- I didn't do that quest, so I didn't get her there. Yeah, yep, this is where she ends. So there's still callbacks. Like the game is still, it's never phoning it in. There's just too much. It's just kind of the same amount of goodness dispersed over a little bit too much space. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're still doing tons of cool stuff in all these areas. It just gets a little, you know, tiresome. And there were plans for another hub area in the game and more, you know, more things you're going to do, yeah. which I would have said, you know, my thought being they should have been smack in the middle of this. Yeah. Like after the gas station or after the sub base, there could have been another breather hub area. And then it would mm-hmm. then it would have felt OK. That's about the right ratio. Right. So part of what makes this part so irritating is just the fatigue of action sequence to action sequence yeah and like the like the the, the narrative just feels really really fluffy here as well which yeah. is like it, it's it's all around how do we stop this great f apocalypse and it's like oh you need this new piece for you for, for this machine and oh we need this code and oh we need this yeah and it's just a bunch of like flimsy motivations for you to go to this place and you know sneak into a base that is yep. filled with lots of gray things and lots of empty hallways and exposed wiring yeah yep, yeah yeah so like the like 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 the like the interesting narrative thing that happens through all of this is that at some point uh um Icarus and Daedalus merge and form Helios mm-hmm. which is uh, uh like kind of like a neat uh you know uh, one of the better mythological references that I've seen in in this you know yeah. book, which is you know just kind of like Icarus son you know Daedalus like really cool the way that those things kind of you know interact um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Helios comes across as outright malevolent but it, you just find out that you don't really understand its motivations yeah, yep. It's yeah. the part, and it, I, that's there to add a touch of gray to the the uh, <clears throat> merging AI ending, right? 
You know, like it's not just Daedalus who's been a pretty solid bro right. the whole time that's going to be involved. There's also going to be uh, Icarus. Right. Um, you end up in a, you know the sub base we talked about where you go underwater. Um, the big thing there is you fight Simons finally, who has kind of disappeared for this whole half of the game. Yeah, yeah. Like he showed up in a couple of comlink things, but he's been more or less gone. And now he shows up. And when you first fought him, he says that he has augmentations like you do. You know, he's not a mech. Mm-hmm. And uh, but at this point, like the game does not really know how to handle a boss fight, right? Like, um, and that you know stayed true throughout all the Deus Ex games. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just similar to how you fought Gunther Herman, you just uh, you know you can just kind of run up to him and stab him a bunch. <laughs> and if you can survive long enough, like the combat is really quick and really dirty. Yeah, like I didn't even get the sense they had any augmentations going. Like maybe he was moving faster and he had more uh, he had more resistance, but it just feels kind of like a regular fight against a buffed enemy. Yeah, and he maybe also would have used them with more time. Like, the area where you fight him, there are train tracks that you can flip a switch to electrify them. Yeah. Which, to me, you know, suggests, like, a puzzly boss fight. Like, he was <laughs> supposed to be invincible, and you had to use this thing against him. And yeah. maybe that got cut for time, or maybe they decided against that. <laughs> you know, because really, there's no reason to use that switch otherwise. Yeah, because it just kills you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's neat to fight Simons, uh, just because, you know, he, he did seem like the bad guy up until this point yep. but he like comes in and you have this conflict long after he ceases to be relevant and he's trying yeah. to like menace you but you know that he's such a bit player in this yeah you almost yep. feel sorry for him you can also not fight him here oh really if you yeah if you make a run for it he shows up at area 51 huh so you can just sprint away that's at this point awesome yeah, yeah the, the, thought of everything the hardest part about this boss fight is that he has the plasma rifle and it can blind you yeah, you can't see while you're getting shot with uh, yeah. the plasma rifle. Mm-hmm. So, but if you're able to kind of like, I think um, the way I generally uh, handle this fight is either like toss a grenade and just run backwards, mm-hmm. and that just kind of works itself out. Um, or uh, other times I've gone and uh, kind of run away and then turn invisible mm-hmm. behind something, and then you can snipe them from a distance. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know? um, or you can just shoot them right away, and if you can shoot blind, you're fine. Right. Um, the sub base, they launch a, a missile and or they're getting ready to launch a missile. So you have to go to the missile silo. Right. To do it. And it's another military base. <laughs> and they introduce this like new boss character because the game's like, oh, wait, we're a video game. We need boss fights. <laughs> so you fight this guy named Howard Strong, who like they barely gave any introduction to this guy. And right. he's just kind of like a grenade throwing maniac mercenary. Mm-hmm. He was standing in a cherry picker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just throwing grenades at you. Yeah, um, but but like yeah. he, he's interesting because like like, like this uh, this boss fight is mechanically similar to uh, what you like 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 what the Bob Page fight ended up being, except you're trying to kill him instead of deactivate things. So it's, so it's throwing other enemies at you because they recognize like oh we're not making the actual fight different, like making you have to attack a different part of this enemy or attack him in a different mm-hmm. way. So they're throwing you know commandos and mechs and uh, and men and women in black at you for, for, for this. And he's throwing lambs at you. So it's, it's this really, really tough, uh, almost like smash TV, like yeah. uh, arena brawl at the bottom of this missile silo. Right. Where the, the entire environment could be considered the boss rather than just him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. like he, he's down there manually trying to, uh, disactivate or to deactivate the, uh, uh, the missile, because um, even if you've been, even if you've been playing as a pacifist, somebody who values life, uh, you cannot proceed in this narrative without redirecting that uh, missile from Vandenberg to Area Fifty One, which has yep. probably an equal amount of equally guilty people there. 
Yeah. Well, people <laughs> people at Vandenberg are not guilty so no, much. No, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, they're good. They're good folks. But they're Illuminati you know, aligned. Sam. But they're Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they, 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 they have all committed atrocities in some way. Yeah, in some way, and no yeah. one, no one is innocent. Right. Um, and essentially, that's all. That's all you're really doing. Mm-hmm. I had a really hard time at the top of this missile silo. The door, the hatch opens with a button that's right next to the hatch right. for the first time and last time in the entire fucking game. <laughs> and I had to run around for a long time because I couldn't figure out how to get out. Right. Like I thought something was broken because I couldn't – I just missed the button and that drove me crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and then you're at the final area, uh, the 51st area. Yes. Um, area 51 um, for the finale of the game. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Area 51, Gary? Um, the uh, – this time through, when I made a be- like in the past, I play these games trying to do go down as far down every path as I can without finishing it, just to see as much of the game. This one, where I had something that's like, okay, I know what I'm going to do, and could block out the rest of the noise, it was not bad because I it was is if you choose one path through this, it's pretty direct mm-hmm. and and is not not too bad. And you get that that uh, the stuff with the aliens, um, you get that like you get some good flavor. I like the actual endings and stuff. In the past, when I've tried to do everything, it's way too big yeah. for me. You backtrack more in this than in a Metroidvania. There's a lot of backtracking. Yeah. And there's actually, I mean, it ends up being, you know, being a little bit like Metroid Prime, where, like, you know, <laughs> uh, Helios will be like, now you need to go to the Aquinas router, and yeah. now you need to do this, and now you need to do that. And, like, he's calling the shots. Like, I'm not going to let you go until you hear me out. Mm-hmm. You know, the game in some ways more elegantly than others. Like at one point you just run into Paul. Why well, you ran into Paul? Because he survived in my game. Yeah. But for you, it was probably Tracer Tong. No, it was um, it was it was Gary Savage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he says well, the same thing. I've I've have seen the Paul one, but it's the same script. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're they're making it so you hear you hear all the sides. Yeah, you hear all cases. Yeah. So Tracer uh-huh. Tong, you know, says like, hey, this technology has been nothing but bad for us. You know, just as a race, we need to, you know, restart and actually go back to city, states and villages mm-hmm. um, because nothing good can come of this. Uh, whereas, you know, Everett is going in and saying like, you know, this kind of power is good, but, you know, just the wrong people got a hold of it. You know, if we get together, we can, you know, we, we can rebuild the world in our image. And then yeah. Helios is, you know, saying like, yeah, uh, the problem is humanity. And I can't actually like take control of this. So what we need is to merge the two, which yeah, is what Helios, which uses you and, doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it says like you know, if instead of Bob Page acting as my conscious, what if you are? Yeah, you know, which the, there, there's like stuff to be said that because he knows that you're that, that you're a synthetic, you know, yeah. or, or like unnaturally created that you're that that you're fundamentally different than somebody who just went in and analogued himself the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those those are your choices, and they all have different mechanical things that you're going to do, right? Um, for them, um, on your way there, there's some some story beats that are kind of mandatory. Um, one is discovering that the aliens, yes, um, you know, again we talked about that, but that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're top enemies. They are, yeah, um, especially the, later. Yeah, yep, because they they shoot radiation, and uh, you know they're oftentimes in environments that are full of radiation as well. Mm-hmm. It kind of hurts you. Um, you have to go through an area where you find out you find where you were born. Yeah, like the you know the uh, Aliens Four esque scene with the uh, the clone <laughs> thing, and you actually see um, Alex Denton. Yep, you know the uh, there, which is a nice little bit of uh, foreshadowing mm-hmm. and stuff. 
Yeah, he is the protagonist of uh, Invisible War, right? He or she. Yeah, it's actually, they, they want to do that for this game, make it gender neutral. Oh, really? And just, yep. And oh. Alex is a gender neutral game name. So uh, is, you, it's always your name in Invisible War in America, yeah. which gender you choose. We didn't comment on it, but it's real interesting. Uh, you can pick your own name for this, and JC is a code name. Yeah. Uh, which, when when newspapers refer to you, they, they do it by your alias. So for me, it was JC, quote, JC Denton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they call him JC. Yes. Everybody calls him that. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, so so you find that the, the 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 person who is the genetic the genetic base for you because you find other clones who are uh, mm-hmm. who are clones of uh, of Bob Page, but your but your clones are xed out. Am I to believe that uh, JC and Paul are clones of the uh, Human Revolution guy? Um, yeah, okay. yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that's that's what I get a little confused mm-hmm. with this, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay, that's what I read, in and that's how it's a how it's a prequel. Okay. Um, the uh, so the three different things you can do. Um, to merge with Helios, which is what I chose to do, yeah. um, is that you have to go to the you know, Aquinas router, um, do some computery stuff, and then make it back. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like uploading the uplink file or downloading the Lunchables or something like that. Yeah. Like I can't remember exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that and you have to go through some kind of the similar areas. Yeah. You have to, but you have different uh, different tasks. Most prominent of which the area is the area where Bob Page actually is. So you right. walk into a room where he's in this like cone of light in the middle waiting for the the umplink to occur. Mm-hmm. And uh, this area sucks. Yeah, it's super bad. Yeah. It's really – it's just unlimited spawning. You know, these enemies are being created and you can shut them down. Mm-hmm. But it's a pain in the ass to do it. It's like all of the stuff that like other shooters were doing at this period of time, which monster closets, monster closets, monster closets. Mm-hmm. Um, this just – is unashamed about doing well i think of, when i think of monster closet i think of uh walking into a room and having a monster be right there mm-hmm. now is that what is monster closet supposed to be an unlimited yeah yeah like an unlimited supply of enemies that come from mm-hmm. this designated area that is that remains active until you do until you do act, yeah. deactivate it yeah it's it's a real weird it's a real sign of like a growing pain for this game like a kind of identity issue mm-hmm. because this is it's definitely the shooteriest part of the game right um, this part and like it's really hard to get through like I've gotten through the game without fighting stuff more or less it's really difficult like it's possible to do that here but there aren't the same kind of like easy pathways through vents and and the like mm-hmm. to get to the the critical areas yeah without encountering you know transgenics and and robots it's not vampire the masquerade levels of bad but it's no. still it, it is still a bottleneck that leads towards shooty shooty yeah Yep. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting to have the enemy there and be so impotent, right, in front of you, like while you are designing his demise, mm-hmm. and he know? starts like trying to compromise with you, like he yep. offers you Europe. <laughs> yep. Yeah, which is hilarious. Um, Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> the the, the uh, so like I like that a lot too. Like in his character, as he's kind of breaking down, he's like, "Oh wait, I fucked myself." You know, yeah. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to side with Tong. Um, you have to cause like a meltdown. Yeah, yeah. And you go destroy, to the antimatter uh, reactors. Yep, antimatter reactors. Yep. And then if you want to side with the Illuminati, you just have to kill Bob Page. Mm-hmm. And you have to do whatever it is that shuts down his force field. Right. And you pretty much fight a room of turrets and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like officially the combat ending, but you end up having to traverse through that regardless. Right, right. Um, so, which is which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um I, I chose the uh, uh, um, 
Helios. the Helios ending. As did I. Um, yeah, because to me, like, not only does it seem like the the least, you know, kind of nasty ending, mm-hmm. it's also, you know, I, I'd probably be okay with a benevolent dictator in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like human freedom and all that stuff, but I also like the idea, you know, mm-hmm. it makes a sense. Like, in, right. in the face of the choices you're given, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's not one of them that's just like, let's just uh, distribute wealth better and treat each other like human beings. Right. That's not an ending in this game. <laughs> no, so, it's not. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and and like I went through and I watched on YouTube. You know, I watched the other two on YouTube, and it's like, you know, the 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 Dark Age one. That's not an acceptable answer because, like, you know, I that's one of the reasons that I don't like. Or okay, so Fight Club wasn't vouching for that, but it's kind of like, yeah, that's that that's fucking shitty, and that's what that movie was not about. Um, yeah. But like, but like that that that's really what it is. Imagine climbing kudzu vines up the Sears Tower. Like, yeah. no, no, I I like my civilization just fine. Air conditioning kind of fucking rules. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, that's that's a hard thing as, as a as a right thinking human. It's always hard to justify appreciation of consumer culture with hatred mm-hmm. of everything it really stands for. Right, right. You know, so I I haven't come to a, a solution for that. No, you know, I can't like, justify that in my head. I like buying video games and playing video games and. I, I, Watching, I, you know, I like everything about civilization without actually liking how it treats people. I, so. I, I always go to like medicine, like the better parts, not like the pharmacology, you know, like mm-hmm. big pharma kind of stuff. Like I, 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 I like that Claritin exists without, without necessarily agreeing with everything that that company does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, so, and there, there's not a, like, you know, let's do the same thing, but make it better. Right. Maybe that's what the Illuminati is supposed to be doing, but he just seems like a greedy asshole. Who, he, like he does, like you know, yeah. like you you spend like the the first part of his plot uh, of his plot arc going after his gold. Yeah, yeah, and then that's even before you find Lucius, like find the <laughs> fact that he's fine keeping you know a human golem. Yeah, in, in, his, in his ice chest, <laughs> a human truth golem. <laughs> Yeah, 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 he doesn't. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and like the, not the fact that 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 his ending is the opening cutscene, but in reverse. Yeah, like, yeah, it's kind exactly. of like 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 we've become everything we are fighting against, except yep. like oh, we're going to do it better this time. But like how? And even then, it says like you know, JC's like okay, we've got to start you know laying down the lines for distributing the vaccine, and ever it's like no, no, no. We insinuate, we blah blah blah, we blah blah blah. It's kind of like yeah. oh, you just like it's the same old shit, but it's the same. Ugh. Yeah, and, and it'd be really easy for, you know, it seems like JC's going to end up getting, uh, you know, taken advantage of or it's not going to work the way that he wants to. Yeah, whereas, yeah. whereas the Helios thing is just kind of like em- embracing, like of all of the evidence that I've seen of either Tracer Tracer or the Illuminati ending not working, like, like, like the evidence, you know, uh, that Helios presents is that humanity will always go for this. The genie's out of the bottle, the toothpaste is out of the tube, like we cannot, without burning the entire system down, you know, get rid of this thing. And so you as this right thinking person, you know, like chosen, like let's meld and let's fix this. Yeah. And and then like, is, and then even Paul says like, yeah, like shit is like really, really cool in Hong Kong right now. Yeah. <laughs> things get better. Like yeah. it kind of works. Um, but that's it's also a thing where I'm choosing because I am J.C. Denton in the game. Yeah. I'm playing that character. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if me as Gary Butterfield oh, yeah. would want yeah. J.C. Denton to choose that. It, 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 is, you know? it is it is it is very much fully the, uh, you know, us us inhabiting that reality and not having any of the actual consequences. Yeah. Like, you know, for for as much as I recoiled when when uh, when 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 Gary uh, Savage said, you know, like a return to 20th century century capitalism, like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, oh, no. wait, like, OK, well, let's do that, because that's what I know. Um, yeah. Me, me as time and warn them about how things turn out. <laughs> so it's like 
<laughs> me as the complacent human being I am would probably do that in that situation. However, uh, yeah. The, the, well, and the, also the, because it would work out well for you. Yeah. You know, like it's a like you know you can get yours mm-hmm. if you want to. But the, but with the Helios ending, I'm a god. I am something. I am something more than human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do interesting because uh, there's a little bit of that in Invisible War. Like I can't unqualifiedly recommend Invisible War, mm-hmm. but like when you retire. Like play Invisible War for the story because mm-hmm. there's some missteps in it, but there's some things that are genuinely really cool that happen in it. Yeah, um, it, it's a you know, it's, it's a syndrome that I run into with a lot of games for this, where I'm where I'm super psyched right now to play the rest of the series. However, mm-hmm. I know that I'm kind of fatigued on it, and I need to wait a couple of years, probably the amount of time between Deus Ex and Invisible War, to like get my yeah. to get my motor running again. And in in a world where there's a good chance you're only going to play one of them, like play Human Revolution. Yeah. Like it's a way better game. Invisible. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Invisible War is that like it is the canonical story. Like the actual things that happen in it and some of the themes like feel really Deus Exy. Right. You know, like it. It's still Deus Ex mm-hmm. in a lot of the ways that that don't really matter. I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's Deus Ex. Yep. Um, I like. I love a this lot. game. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we like, both I, said it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. This. Uh, I think this is pretty much a must play. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the last one, but like. I can get, you know, it's very easy for me to bemoan the fact that more games don't do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. For, for like for, for, for all of its missteps in the final half, like I, I didn't feel like I was, you know, I, I wasn't put out to, to, to play yeah. it out, you know, to play it through the entire way. Like it just, it, it was something I, like just uh, gen- genuinely amazing. Yeah. There are a lot of things this game does, you know, better than just about, you know, almost any other game. Like, mm-hmm. The the story stuff and thematic stuff that happens in this game is treated better and kind of more you know more maturely than a lot of its ilk. Mm-hmm. And the story, one of the things I like a lot about it is that like it's a nice mix of a game that is, I mean, similar to to a Fallout, where the story is really, you know, like semi literate and uh, mm-hmm. and and advanced and not insulting, um, but the play also stands up. Right. Like really well and it's really fun in a way that like something like a lot of times when I go back to revisit JRPGs, not always, but <laughs> a lot of times like I'm suffering through the play because it's just tapa, 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 you know, um, like this managed to be like innovative in both ways. And then the story for those games, like a lot of times, like, you know, like I love Final Fantasy six. We did it for the show, <laughs> but a lot of it is kind of like melodrama, right? You know, like the dialogue is, is just, uh, is you know, characters kind of stating their motivations out loud just to no one in particular. Like, there's a lot of that going on, which I can get into. Like, I can appreciate art of all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to have something a little bit more novelistic in its presentation. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I'm on the record. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that is something that I can appreciate. And I can always put, you know, mediocre play um, to the back of my mind for, 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 for an excellent kind of, you know, uh, cerebral experience for lack of a better word. Yeah. I would never call Final Fantasy seven, let's say cerebral. Uh, no. but, uh, but, uh, no. but, <laughs> but, um, uh, but just something that scratches my narrative itch. Um, and, and then that's, that's kind of what this did. Even when the narrative got, uh, got a little bit flabby, uh, towards the end where you're just kind of chasing down parts of a universal constructor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if I didn't know like what a universal constructor was in the in the world of conspiracy conspiracy theories, let alone everything else, where it's just kind of like, oh, I thought they were going to work that in sometime. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's like an element of fun to this game. That's kind of a bonus thing too. Yeah, yeah, like you know, pl- playing the what's creation, what's a creation of Deus Ex, and what's real. Right, right. Like and I don't, like, I mean, nothing I is a creation of Deus Ex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's just, it's you know, it's its own. It, it's a product of the world that it came from. Right. And they like, I mean, say, I can't even like, I, you know, there are parts where the gameplay is not optimal, mm-hmm. but it still is like, you know, this being my genre, like this being like probably my favorite genre of games. Like if I have to, you know, and I've said that before, it's like this and then like overhead CRPGs, mm-hmm. you know, like a fall, like a regular fallout or a third person <laughs> RPG like this. I, for every game from a regular fallout to a fallout new Vegas. And yeah. Fallout <laughs> one to fallout four. My favorite genres. Yeah. But like, I, I love this, you know, this and bloodlines and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, yeah. I love this genre of game so much. Yeah. And like, it stands up like really well. Like mm-hmm. even compared to like, you know, one of my favorite games from last year is dishonored. I've talked about that a whole lot and that game is wonderful. Um, and clearly takes like a lot of kind of inspiration from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stands up like there are like, like there are still things that this game does better, like better than that game. Right. You know, and that game is a blast to play. Like that game has like the gameplay in that is so solid and so, you know, approaching uh, optimal right. for what it is. Um, like it just it just stands up so fucking well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. God damn it, Deus Ex. So, so here's the thing about Deus Ex. Like it approaches and surpasses this level of competency where I all of a sudden start judging it by a different criteria. And Mm. then start kind of like imposing my own preferences on it, where I love the investigation stuff that happened in the hub worlds and thought that there should have been more of that or it should have been done in a different way, um, in a way that was different than find this four letter, four letter code or four number code by, 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 by any means necessary. Right. Yeah, you start judging it against itself. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, that, yeah. like, th- that doesn't say anything about the game other than, you know, uh, it says less about the game than it does about my own kind of weird expectations or proclivities. And it should mm. be spoken to its credit to where I'm not saying, like, you know, the, the only thing I can say is legitimately bad is the shooting. <laughs> yeah. To, to, and to, even then, to, to my like, mind, to my to, to, to the way yeah. that I feel about well, shooting. And to, your, and to your build. So, yeah. like, the you know, what I ended up, like, building – pumping out my, uh, my augmentations and using the equipment to make it like, there are several like areas that were just, you know, they, like it wasn't, it didn't feel like a modern shooter. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a, you know, a, a cover stop and pop kind of, uh, shooting things, but there are like for its vintage, there are several competent shooting areas. And like, what I would say that's shitty about the shooting is that like, it only really gets competent, right. you know, whereas other things in the game get kind of revolutionary. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then a lot of that could, could just go back to fuck the assault rifle. Yeah, yeah, we we really fucked up with that. Yeah, <laughs> or they they fucked up for making it. One thing that they do that's really neat in Invisible War is there are unique named weapons. Oh yeah. So like for exploring, like you can find like a certain version of a assault rifle that has like a unique secondary fire or unique property. Yeah. Um. Then, then those are really cool. Like I like that part of that game. Yeah. Um, I wish that I would have relied on the on the shotgun more because when you're a master uh, when you're master level in rifles, um, mm-hmm. your shotgun has no spread for some reason. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Like just a bunch of bullets like traveling like right next to each other. Yeah, touching. Yeah, pretty much. And then you use the say the, the, the sabot rounds and it's just kind of yeah. like you have two shots and you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I you know, just sniper rifle and uh and dragon shoot sword yeah. in the end ended up doing just fine for me. Yeah. Um was most of what I use. And then sometimes I'd use the assault rifle to to headshot some folks. Yep. If uh yeah. But anyway, like anyway. real good game. Yep. I think it's it's worth it to 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 play it. 
um, you know, nearly mandatory. It gets like the, really good, really important game. It gets the waff seal of approval. That's fires. <laughs> As we said at the beginning, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. And for you, our dear listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their kick and rad service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs for your free audiobook. We will be guts. Yes. Merge with Audible. <laughs> In addition, you have heard what we have to say about Deus Ex. Now, we'd like to hear what you have to say. Um, we got the, the call out for responses really late on this one, but what? we still managed to get some stuff back. Y'all delivered, like, really well. Yep. So. Which is awesome. So, yep. Cole, do you want to read uh, Murph? Yes. Murph Murphy via Facebook, a man after my own heart, says, To comment on the endings, I'm probably a weird transhumanist because the only acceptable option for me was the merging ending. Keeping the Illuminati in power doesn't sit well with me at all. Sending us back into the Stone Age seems to be the most morally reprehensible. None of them are perfect solutions, which is what I like, and consistent with the themes that run throughout the game. I also chose the green ending in Mass Effect 3, uh, so what does that say about me? I also chose that ending as well, Murph. We are both right. So thank you thank you very much, Murph, and maybe someday I will uh, play Mass Effect and know what you're talking about. Um, and then we'll see if I, too, choose the green ending. See <laughs> um, Euro on Something Awful Board says... Uh, great episode on Deus Ex last week on uh, Watch Out for Fireballs. Just to drive the point home, I played through it for the first time about six months ago and had no idea or didn't experience several things that you mentioned, such as the stuff with Smuggler and uh, your first Hell's Kitchen visit, or suffocating people with cigarettes and fire extinguishers, or fighting Anne Navarro at Unaco. I always assumed that it was a game over if she beat you in the subway station. Then again, there's a door in Hong Kong that NBC plainly gives you the code to, and when I asked about it in the Deus Ex thread, the first response I got was, there's a code for that door? With a, <laughs> uh, a struggling emoticon. Um, they really did stuff, uh, every detail and alternate route into this game. And I have to wonder if they just hired a few people to think about these little details full time. It's a good question. Mm -hmm. I also wish you had brought back the point you made early on about the choices you make not having obvious impacts or indications whether that you're even making a choice, and connected that with the really obvious example of whether or not Paul lives. I took the window route on my first uh, run-through and had always assumed Paul was supposed to die in that firefight or that his kill switch got to him as part of the story. I didn't realize that it was connected to the window until someone mentioned it to me later, and there's no indication that leaving via the window kills Paul until Gunther mentions it in Battery Park. Hmm. Yeah. Um, he continues, uh, One point I hope you bring up next time, since it's a stronger theme in the second half of the game, is uh, that is the case that a lot of these mystery and conspiracy stories, there's very few people or group, groups that are strictly good or evil. Rather, most everyone is just looking out for their own interests and beliefs. The game doesn't give you a complete picture of right and wrong by the end, forcing you to bring your values as the player, or JC's values, if you want to think about it that way, to determine how things play out in the final sequence. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah, we talked about the ambiguous endings, I think. And then I, I raised the fact that the X-51 guys are probably... Um, about as guilty as the MJ-12 guys yeah. because they're associated with the, with the Illuminati. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but good, uh, good point on that Paul thing. Yeah. That's actually the um, – you know, that's a great example of not knowing 
you know, that you're making a choice. Yeah. And like how many times during this episode was I just kind of like, blah, like when you said Simon's can show up later, yep. we just don't kill him. Like a lesser game would probably just put up a glowing wall there. I got it. I love optional detail in games. <laughs> yeah. That's like my favorite. It's like pretty much my favorite thing. Like mm-hmm. it just, you know, you don't have to do this, but if you do it, you're rewarded with, I mean, you keep saying it, reward with more game. Reward me with more game. Yep. So Samuel via contact says, hey, guys, I just have two quick comments about Deus Ex. Sorry if this is a bit late. It is uh, exactly on time, Sam. Don't worry. Uh, But listening to your first part got me thinking about the game. One, is everyone in agreement that J.C. Denton talks like corn-fed pig from Duckman? It is all I've been able to hear since the first time I played the game years ago. Gary? Yeah, I haven't thought about that before (laughs) right now. But, yeah, he does sound like corn-fed. There there are people who, like, watch Duckman, though. Uh Uh-huh. Like Duckman was like this kind of skeezy thing that always made me feel gross yep. whenever I saw it. And the, then the like, art style is object- objectionable. Yeah, it always made me feel dirty, so I never watched mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like it's the same thing with like Earth Girls are easy. Whenever <laughs> I saw that on cable, I'm like, Ugh. like just the <laughs> yeah. color scheme, like it just looks like a porno. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch very much Duckman, so I missed that connection. I caught it like on late night Comedy Central or mm-hmm. whatever. It's 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 an okay show. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was part of that bumper crop of uh, of of uh, uh, animated comedies that like generated the critic in Mission Hill, both yeah. which are shows that I like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mission Hill's a deep cut. Like, that's a, <laughs> only was around for one season and widely considered to be like a failure. Yep, like I, that didn't didn't I, do very well. I like Mission Hill a lot. Yeah, I like Mission Hill too, but it's just kind of a weird, <laughs> a, weird a weird reference to make in a Deus Ex show. <laughs> no, 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 just just a weird, uh, just a ob- very obscure show. Yep. Out of all the shows you mentioned, is the most obscure. <laughs> is my point. Okay, uh, I, but he does I, sound like Corn and Fed, who sounds he was doing more of a like a, a Joe Detective, right? Kind of voice is what that's supposed to be, which makes sense with Deus Ex with JC trying to do like a Dirty Harry, yeah, impression. It, it, so it, they're both kind of using similar source material. It doesn't feel incongruous. Mm-hmm. In Congress. There we go. Yep. Uh, two, have you guys seen the Deus Ex walkthrough called uh, Sunglasses at Night? It is a work of art. In case you haven't read it, here's the link. Um, and then we'll put that link in the show notes. Strangely enough, in all the ridiculous shit the guy does, he has a lot of really cool strategies with well-thought justifications, such as why you always take the Gep gun in the beginning of the game. Yep, that's a really fun uh, Let's Play. Um, like kind of walkthrough Let's Play. It's mm-hmm. like it's not it's not video, it's uh, still images. Have you seen that, Cole? No, I have not. I'm going it's, to read it's, it tonight. It's great. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's really funny and really uh, and really hilarious and great. Yeah. So, um, so you thank you, Sam. And uh, and Wesley says, Deus Ex was an amazing game. I did not get to play until around 2006. I used it to curb myself of World of Warcraft while I was in my training in the Navy. A fantastic game overall. I never played the sequel further than five minutes or so. Not because I hated it. Because I didn't, because it didn't hold my interest. Someday, maybe while drunk, I will. <laughs> um, I love the whole storytelling aspect of conspiracy theories. So playing through Deus Ex was a fantastic was fantastic for me, um, as this was back in my Art Bell listening days. The prequel I thought was great and almost, but not quite, lived up to the original. I'm hoping that in the next gen we get at least one more of these games that isn't on a mobile platform. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy over the uh, over the mobile one that's coming out that Square Enix is doing. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah, I forget what it's called. It's it's uh, Deus Ex Rising or Deus Ex Origins or something like that. Deus Ex Retribution, um, where mm. they're putting it out on iOS and Android, and people are flipping their shit because they think that 
you know, they, they, they believe that uh, a, a mobile game and a full blown console game or a PC game uh, cost the same amount of resources. And by and by doing a uh, and by doing a mobile game, they are not doing a you know another another full game. Oh, that's silly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could. The reason why I would be mad about that is if I didn't have an iOS device. Yeah. No, it's Android so I'd, as well. I'd be mad if I, yeah. Or yeah. I mean, or if I couldn't play it. Right. For one right. reason or another, like that would make me mad. But I'll, I'll check it out. I'll judge it on its own merits. Yep. They don't seem mutually exclusive to me. Nope. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim via contact says, I played Deus Ex for video games hot dog a while back, so some of it might be a bit fuzzy, but Deus Ex really surprised me with the variety of options given to the player. When I first played the game, I played super stealthy and remember being really frustrated. But this time I went along the path of vents and big guns and had a much better experience. As Gary mentioned, gas grenades are the MVP of this game. The ability to silently take down guys from around corners is just crucial to stealthy playthroughs. Uh, I won't comment on the sometimes groan-worthy plot, but again, the variety of uh, viable paths through the level is an incredible triumph for a big-budget game. The fact uh, that I can play through in, a, in, a, uh, in a different way and take an almost completely different path through these levels will never cease to amaze me. I'm glad there are games that are still trying to do this, like Dishonored, uh, even though they are more streamlined. Also, screw you guys, swimming is great. Low po- <laughs> it has a low point investment, and you can find all sorts of paths and item cash- caches in most levels. And it's always hilariously to madly dash into the water and dive to the ocean floor to entirely bypass the Sea Lab dock level. Yep, which is a thing you can do. <laughs> which is awesome. They even like, tell you as much, like saying, yeah. like, hey, uh, these sewers connect directly to the ocean. You can just, like, do that if you want. Yep. Or can. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, uh, I always I did I don't think swimming is dumb. I just think that you, it's like uh, you just get rebreathers. Like by that point, I had like three rebreathers, and yeah. I could still do that stuff. Um, but it is yeah, you you were right about that. It's just and, it's like 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 the reason it's laughable is just is is like okay, I can either become a hacking god, I can be a perfect shot with a sniper rifle, or I can swim. Like hold my breath for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like the the swimming one if it costs a little bit more. And it just made it unlimited oxygen. Like if it was a one point skill as yeah. opposed to that being, you know, the four point thing is unlimited oxygen mm-hmm. and that's a huge investment. Right. Just make these kind of like little toggles. Right. You know, that uh, make it easier. And I think that's how I don't think the one in uh, Invisible War, the swimming thing has multiple levels. I think it just makes it so you can breathe underwater. I might be wrong about that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So well, like, like the fact that it's an upgrade path puts it on equal footing with uh, – with the other um, yeah. skills, just kind of like with with electronics or hacking, and it, that like that in in some instances that's the case, but it's such a niche kind of application compared to what this game kind of canonically is or presents itself as. And it has two redundancies, so it's not just for breathers, but there's also the augmentation, right? That that does the same thing. So it's just kind of like a, a redundant skill. There are a lot of cool things you can do in swimming, though. Yep. In the game. Um, yeah. So so thank you, Tim, and thanks everybody. Mm-hmm. for your comments. Um, if you have comments for our next games, um, please direct them to us. And what are those next games? Cool. Well, uh, for the next episode, we're going to be playing the Super Nintendo action role-playing game, Soul Blazer, um, mm-hmm. which uh, you can get if you Google it. Uh, it is not yep. available on a virtual console, but uh, you know the means. Uh, yep. eBay and also Amazon using our link. Yep, exactly. Um, I, I've started this. Um, it is fun so far, but simple. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to introducing some wrinkles or it not, and then I wonder if it's going to hold up. Right. Um, but it is it is pretty painless mm-hmm. and uh, has a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah I, I was surprised remember. to see that. Yep, I was surprised about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, for our 50th anniversary, we were doing Castlevania three, um, legendarily difficult <laughs> Castlevania game for the NES. Yep. Um, I'm making no guarantees about not using save states. I'm going to try to limit them. Right. Um, but what will probably happen is I will devolve into like a checkpoint system. Like if I get halfway through a level, I'll use a save state yeah. and kind of implement my own checkpoint system. Yeah, I will probably um, do something similar out of respect for Castlevania. Yeah, exactly. I want it to be hard. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take that away from it, but I also want to be able to beat it. Right. And after that, we are announcing our next game, which is... Uh, that was a really brief uh, drum roll. Um, Indigo Prophecy, a.k.a. Fahrenheit. Yes, yes. Uh, you can get that um, on PC. Um, I believe on Steam it is approaching roughly $10 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it is also available on PlayStation 2. Um, it, it, it's perfectly ser- serviceable on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. was, in fact, designed for it. And then I, I think that you can get it on um, as an Xbox uh, On Demand um, uh, title, like Xbox Classics, uh, for 15 bucks, the exorbitant fee of $15. Yeah, it's, um, it's widely available. Yeah. And uh, it's a game both Cole and I have a lot of affection for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting. It's been a while since we've done, a, since we've done an adventure game, and right. this is kind of an offbeat adventure game. Like this isn't a classic point and click or anything. Right. It's, so it'll be interesting to do it. It's it's it, it, like to me, it feels like a like a precursor to kind of like the new school uh, Telltale kind of stuff. So yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So cool. I'm I, I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, we believe. So a, we believe we suspect that a fan suggested that because it's on our fan suggestion sheet, but we don't know who. So if you suggested it, you win. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. That we we <laughs> lost that. We try to keep records of this stuff, but it gets difficult. Right. Um, the uh, so if you have any comments about uh, any of those games that we have coming up, um, mm-hmm. would like to play along and and do that, you can get in touch with us by going to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Uh, that's probably the best way. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You can also join us on Facebook. Um, join the conversation there. It is a lot of fun. Um, we have recently acquired our two hundredth and two hundred first Facebook fan. I don't know the exact chronology. But both of them are awesome, and uh, they go – it's uh, Nathan and Chris. So this is just a shout-out to you guys. Um, and, you know, uh, Sean, who, uh, we, who I think was 150 or 100th. 100th. And, uh, 100th, and uh, we effed up and uh, <laughs> miss, missed the opportunity to, to hook him up with some cool stuff. So mm-hmm. um, Chris, Nathan, um, join our uh, Steam group and let me know your name mm-hmm. on the Facebook group, and we'll get you some cool stuff. Yeah. And Sean, you got some cool stuff coming. Yes. Yep. So we've we, we've said a lot about this um, kind of in the past couple of episodes, and uh, it's paid off. Uh, and that's only because you guys are as awesome as you are, and we couldn't have done it without you. Uh, we have a Kickstarter where we are trying to fund uh, both a live show. Lots of stuff. <laughs> yes, lots yeah. of stuff. Initially, it was only about a, a live show at the Portland, uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo, um, and uh, that is successful. We are going to do that, and that is about Mario Kart. Um, mm-hmm. Super Mario Kart specifically, and then the, and the entire series, because I have, I have thoughts on all of that, um, mm-hmm. as do you, Gary, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we are also kind of doing some extra stuff kind of on top of that, uh, side projects and things like that, uh, you know, a survival horror blog uh, for one of them, and then a, a podcast about television for the other, um, kind of trying to make those regular things. Um, I think we're 
I don't know. We're, we're going to talk about that, but go go there and take a look. Uh, as if you're if you're downloading this and listening to it on Thursday, you have like one and a half days left to fund or to back yep. us. Saturday, June fifteenth at three fifty one p.m. Yes, and that is, is Eastern the, the time. last time. Yep, yeah. Eastern time. So watch out, West Coast. Yes, <laughs> um, that is the uh, the last amount of time that you have. Yeah. For that so please uh jump on there if you haven't yet we'd really yeah. appreciate it and uh, a lot of cool stuff and a lot of it you know all the stuff other than the live show um that we get to goes out for everybody yep so even if you can't make it to the portland live show and you know don't care about getting a recording of it um and if, if that's true how dare you <laughs> no. um no that's not true no, um that's no. uh, that's understandable if you you know if you don't like live podcast or you, you know it's like that you're still getting other stuff if you can help us get to that goal. Yeah. And uh, it's a super awesome way to support us. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. And again, I, I know I said it like two times before, but we really, really appreciate everybody who has come out and shown the report, uh, you know, shown their support. Um, yeah. It is. It is awesome. We appreciate when anyone comes out and shows their report. Yes. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the rapport that we have. The support report. Yes. The support. Report. And we have a good support report rapport <laughs> with every, with all of our, uh, yeah. our fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's awesome. And yeah. uh yeah, we really appreciate that. You guys are awesome in just in general. Like we put up on the Facebook, but people have made us some stuff recently. Mm-hmm. We put up there. It's really heartening and great. Yeah. And uh and and I love it. We're not worthy. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh it is just uh you know, Michael uh Michael Henderson uh made us some little wooden versions of our mascot. Which I need to send you. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I've been waiting for that. Every time the mail guy comes into work, I keep thinking, Oh, is that the thing? Damn it. Never the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just it's just great. Like, thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> really appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, my my heart is full. Yes. Uh, yeah. So so that's a huge way to support us. Um, you can also iTunes reviews, ratings, uh, that Audible link. Those are all really big big mm-hmm. deals. Um, part by way of giving back because of how well the Kickstarter did. We took something that was previously subscription only and made it uh, free to all, mm-hmm. and that should be of interest to people who like the show, which is a show called uh, Abject Suffering. Yes, and that is a show where we play bad games, so you don't have to. Uh, yep, <laughs> comes out uh, every other week, uh, like on the days where traditionally we would do uh, an extra sode. Um, and uh, yeah, you can subscribe to that. It's gotten great response so far, and we are incredibly proud of it as a uh, general purpose comedy slash incidentally about video game show. Um, yep. Game, show about bad games. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what game are we talking about with this one? Oh yes. So next week we are going to be talking about. Um, oh man, we did Spellcraft and then we did um, Spellcraft and X Men. Yeah, yeah. Spellcraft and the NES X Men game. Yeah. Good, good that, lord. Yeah. I, repre- yeah. I repressed it. <laughs> I was yeah. about to say Disneyland because all that that was all my mind could say was Disneyland, Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> um, but if you want to hear us talk about that terrible game, yep. Um, please check out Abject Suffering. It's now free for all. Mm-hmm. Um, if you previously purchased it, you will get the first uh, episode of our new show, um, our sketch commentary documentary series, yes. which I want to come up with a better title for. <laughs> Watch out for um, sketches. Yeah, I, I does, think we does, can do better than that. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, super long episode. Thank you for maybe maybe a record. Um, but thank you very much for, for listening. Yeah. And uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Uh, they should watch out for five, five hours of audio about uh, Deus Ex. Yeah, that's that's a document right there. <laughs> Audio magazine on Dice X. The other thing you should watch out for is fireballs. Yes, fireballs.
Audible bump. Inspector. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> and I'm War Inspector. I say we let him go. I'm War Inspector, and this is my absolute favorite product. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs>